Thanks for downloading this IMSA Radio podcast. podcast from the International Motorsports Association and Radio Show Limited. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission. Live from Trackside, this is IMSA Radio. Hello everybody and welcome along to our final piece of live broadcasting from Super Saturday at the uh, IMSA Road Race Showcase, Road America Elkhart Lake, our venue this weekend and we'll finish off this Super Saturday with a fantastic race, uh, it is the Road America 120 for the Michelin Pilot Challenge, John Heindorf uh, and Jeremy Shaw in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre as this is effectively a very quick countdown to Green Shea Adam will be our pit and paddock reporter with VP Racing Fuels uh, ready for this one Mr Shaw and has it got your juices flowing always John always absolutely this is going to be exciting We've got a, a couple of new pole sitters in each of the classes. That's kind of fun, isn't it? And I think we've got a very, very competitive field. Just looking down the uh, qualifying order, we've got its uh, we, the top uh, six cars are all different. We've got seven different cars in the top eight overall in GS. This is going to be fun. Well, you've mentioned the grid. Uh, 33 cars on the entry list. Uh, let's play that fav- famous piece of music from Kerry in London, and we will go through the whole 33 car fields. Very good. In that case, this is the third round under the IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge for 2020. This is a Road America 120. 33 cars in total, 21 in GS, 12 in TCR. Starting at the back of the field, making her return to the series, having missed the last round due to uh, a problem with the COVID-19. It's kind of a 77. That's uh, for LA Honda World Racing, a Honda Civic TCR. That's Taylor Hagler. Along uh, ahead of her on the grid, the next row, row 16, Alex Papadopoulos in car number 47. That's the 47 motorsports Hyundai Veloster NTCR. It's a similar car for Brian Hurd at Autosport with Kerbag and Janey. That's car number 98. Is Mason Filippi is on the uh, 16th row of the grid also. Moving ahead one row, Gavin Ernstone, car number 61. That's a Road Shagger Racing Audi RS3 LMS TCR. Alongside him is Harry Gottsacker, car number 21. Brian Hurd at Autosport with Kerb, Agajani and Hyundai Veloster NTCR. The 14th row, the grid is Ryan Block, car number 5 for KMW Motorsports with TMR Engineering. That's the lone Alfa Romeo Giulietta TCR in the field. Alongside him is the Hyundai Veloster for Brian Hurd at Autosport with Kerb, Agajani. Yes, 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 another one. That's Ryan Norman in car number 33. Moving on to the... Well, second and a half row in TCR is Mike Lamara. Good qualifying effort for the for, former series champion in number 73 LA Honda World Racing Honda Civic TCR. Then in the fourth position in TCR on the on the on the starting order, 25th overall is Spencer Brockman, car number 29 for uh, for Brian Herder Autosport with Kurt Agajani, the fastest of the four Brian Herder cars. Moving on to the third position in TCR, 24th on the grid, Chris Miller, local driver, excellent qualifying run in number 37, LA Honda World Racing, Honda Civic TCR. 
Then ahead of him on the grid are a pair of Audis. First of all, it's car number 54, that's a JDC Miller Motorsports Audi RS3 LMS TCR, that's Michael Johnson. But on the pole position, his first time doing so for Fast MD Racing with Speed Syndicate in car number 23 is Max Faulkner. Tremendous run by him. Moving on to the GS field in 21st position is the Carbon Motorsports car number 93, that's an Audi R8 GT4, Mark Siegel. And moving ahead, one grid, Ramin Abdul Vahabi in cover 99, the automatic racing Aston Martin Vantage GT4, alongside Vin Barletta, number 96, Turner Motorsport BMW M4 GT4. Row nine of the grid is Michael McCann, Michael McCann Jr., car number eight, that's the McCann Racing Audi R8 GT4. Alongside him, Brent Mosing, car number 65, Murillo Racing Mercedes AMG GT4. On to the eighth row of the grid. Frank Depew won this race last year in a photo finish. Car number 71, that's a Rebel Rock Racing Chevrolet Camaro GT4R. Alongside him is Tom Collingwood from Canada. Car number 38, the BGB Motorsports Porsche 17 Cayman GT4 Club Sport. Row 7, James Pezek in car number 40, the PF Racing Ford Mustang GT4. Alongside the Bimmer World BMW, car number 80 of Nick Galanti. Row 6, Jim Cox in car number 35, that's the Riley Motorsports Mercedes AMG, alongside Rob Ferriol, the team Hardpoint Audi R8, car number 31. Row 5, Jeff Mose in car number 56, the second of the Marillo Racing Mercedes, alongside the second of the, BM, the Bimmer World BMWs, number 82 is James Clay. Row 4, Alan Bryn Olsen in the Archangel Motorsports car number 7. That's another Porsche 718 Cayman GT4 Club Sport. Alongside Bryce Ward in car number 57, the Winwood Racing Mercedes. Row 3, Robbie Foley in car number 95, the Turner Motorsport BMW. Alongside Scott Maxwell in the Multimatic Motorsports Ford Mustang GT4, car number 22. Row 2 of the grid, Russell Ward, another strong effort in the second of the Winward Racing Mercedes AMG GT4 cars, car number 4. And alongside him, an excellent qualifying performance in the Motorsports in Action, car number 3. This is the McLaren 570S GT4, uh, by far her best qualifying run so far in a limited amount of races she has done, which is 3, is Sheena Monk. On to the front row of the grid then, the defending series champions and points leaders. That's Carbon with Peregrine Racing and Audi R8 GT4, car number 39, started by Tyler McQuarrie. But on the pole position for the first time, the core motorsports Aston Martin Vantage GT4, car number 60, is young Nate Stacy from Oklahoma. Thank you, Jeremy Shaw, here in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. What a week it's been, Adam, for Nate Stacey, uh, named as one of a number of, of uh, drivers from the IMSA ranks who have been recognised by Aston Martin. The season resumes for 2020. One of three full-time IMSA drivers associated with IMSA within the last year who have gotten the honour of being an Aston Martin Junior driver, in effect, and Nate Stacy Stacy proving that Aston Martin put their faith in the right place by repaying them with his first pole position. He and Kyle Marcelli have been for many years and driven with Corey for many years, but this is a momentous occasion for Nate. Now, Aston Martin was very strong at this track last year with the kill Rubindra, and another one of the Aston drivers, by the way to see good things out of this car, but there is going to be a lot of competition coming from right behind Tyler McQuarrie in the championship leading Audi R8 GT4 
for uh, Cardbon. They only got one win last year. So far, they've got one win this year. And, John, when I talked to Macquarie late last week, said they're looking to get a lot more than just that one. Yeah, I don't doubt it's very, very ambitious team and driver pairing. At IMSA Radio, if you'd like to get in touch with us, hello to Benny Carrillo. Thank you, Benny, for the kind words. 87.7 FM around Road America, and we'll be going live in sound and vision in a couple or three minutes' time uh, with our colleagues at NASCAR Productions uh, over in Charlotte. And thank you to Jake and to Keith and the rest of the team and Alex as well who make sure that the pictures are going out to the world. Uh, meantime it's Curry down in London who is producing our audio feed and a reminder of course that tomorrow we do have Sunday we have two races we have the second of the Porsche uh, IMSA Porsche GT3 Cup Challenge uh, races and also the main event the Michelin, the uh, WeatherTech uh, the WeatherTech Sport Sports Car Challenge race. Now, if you're in the States, that's on NBC, big NBC tomorrow, so no excuse not to tune in. Outside of the US, of course, we'll have sound and vision for you in the local areas. Jeremy Shaw, uh, well done on the grid. I know you've had just about time to grab a traditional uh, Road America a brat in between our last couple of broadcasts. Um, we... Uh, the, the, IMSA, the uh, IMSA Mission and Pilot Challenge, a quick thought from you about the sharp end of both fields. Uh, does the qualifying reflect what do you think we'll see in the race? Uh, yes, uh, the Aston Martins have been strong, as, as Shay was saying, the Aston Martins were, were particularly strong here last season. Uh, Nate Stacey and Carl Marcelli, they come into this weekend just five points behind Tyler McQuarrie and Jeff Westfall in the points in second place, so we've got the two championship leading cars on the front row of the grid so no surprises there really uh, and I think the Aston's going to be hard to beat but they did have some problems yesterday in the heat of the day yesterday uh, there, there's two Aston Martins in the field and both of them ha had a problem a heat related problem so uh, we're going to hope that uh, the conditions are more favorable perhaps for the Astons today I don't think they're used to uh, American summers uh, the British cars and uh, they had a few uh, mechanical problems yesterday, but hopefully those are behind them and they can uh, run strongly today. So it was basically a, an overheating coil, I believe, was Ooh, a problem nasty. on both of those cars yesterday. Now we've seen in the early part, thanks Jeremy, we'll be back with Jeremy in just a moment. We're about to coordinate and go live in sound and vision. The Hyundais have been the cars to beat, certainly at the Sebring round a couple or three weeks ago. Let's see how that plays out in TCRs. We bring together the endurance racing community around the world and go live in sound and vision on IMSA Radio and IMSA TV. The Michelin Pilot Challenge on IMSA Radio, part of the Radio Show Limited Network. Well, hello everybody and welcome to Road America. Delighted that you've been able to join us uh, for our live coverage of the IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge for the Road America 120. Weather, well, looked a bit threatening earlier on and we've still got a little bit of high cloud, but the dark 
and rather menacing uh, looking thunderclouds have passed us by without dropping any rain at all. Road America, one of the classic American natural terrain road courses laid down in the 1950s and changed, well, not at all since then. 14 corners, just over four miles, overtaking opportunities at turn one if you're brave, turn five if you're good on the brakes because it's downhill, maybe into turn eight at the bottom of the hurry downs, and then if you get a good draft out of the carousel through the kink and down to Canada corner, there's an opportunity to dive down the inside there, although the braking on the inside is quite bumpy. Great to know that there are plenty of you at the circuit tuned in on 87.7 FM and around the world on RS2 IMSA Radio. It is the IMSA Radio team rounding up what has been a super Saturday of practice, qualifying, racing and this two-hour contest will round things off nicely. Shea Adam will be our VP Racing Fuels pit and paddock correspondent. All of the teams working under the Covid precautionary measures so their PRs and media delegates are not at the track so all been done remotely and thank you to all of them in advance for all of the information that you've been providing and will continue to do so throughout the race. Jeremy Short joins me, John Hindhoff in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre and that has a new meaning in the current situation uh, as uh, social distancing has been taken to uh, the extremes with our uh, three the three of us uh, being separated by a little bit more uh, than six feet and six inches or two meters uh, that it has been the uh, normal uh, recently jeremy shaw we're in behind the corvette c8r safety car everybody weaving around decent qualifying session 30 plus cars here for this mission and pilot challenge got to be happy uh, about that and a, and a very very deep and competitive field yeah this is going to be a lot of fun it really is uh, super competitive out there and hats off to late stacy what a great job he did in qualifying he's he's still only 20 years of age uh, is is Nate uh, from uh, Owasso in in Oklahoma? Not exactly a hotbed of racing, is it down there? But he's got you just <laughs> such an enthusiast. He's he started racing, if you can believe it, at the age of 12 in a spec Miata, uh, and he's uh, just gradually he, he, he increased the size of the car he's raced since then. And uh, this is his first pole position, uh, and a very very well well deserved one. It it, it was. He's uh, he's had four wins already to his credit, but this is his his uh, first pole position and he'll be looking to build upon that in this two-hour race and sure there's plenty of good stories down in the uh, tc the touring car category which is all for tcr racing now one in particular it's been a rough start to the season for the la honda world crew their best finish between all three cars of eighth coming at the daytona round of the championship in the last 10 days between sebring and road america the guys at the shop completely replaced the chassis of car number 37 that's one that chris miller and shelby blackstock share they did new engines in both the 73 and the 77 since the 37 got a new one back before sebring but it was complete chassis swap because there is damage from Sebring. The crew has done a tremendous amount of work to both uh, all three of their cars, trying to get them ready, but also to the other three cars, the minis that they are running next weekend at Sonoma. Luis has told his guys that given the schedule the way it is now, they're probably not going to get a day off until the checkered flag flies in November at Sebring. 
Yeah, and uh, I would think there'll be a few other teams uh, that they're in the same situation. Louis Pericarpi, uh, Jeremy informs me, is at the racetrack for the first time uh, this year. Uh, and uh, let's uh, hope that that is uh, a portent of some good luck. Good to see the Alpha back again, the little Alpha Julieta in that beautiful metallic uh, volcano black, I think it's called in Alpha Speak. It is, um, it's almost like a, a cooler coloured black. It's black, but with a, a ready undercurrent to it. It looks absolutely fantastic. And it's exactly the same as the Quadrifoglio edition that I took on a, uh, a European road trip a few years ago and completely bonded with the little hatchback. Good to see it racing here. Two hours on the clock. This is the Road America 120 for the Michelin Pilot Challenge. The green flag is in the air and the Aston Martin of Core Motorsports and Nate Stacey leads them away. Good start from the pole sitter. The Carbon uh, Audi on the outside of the front row already relegated to third position. Sheena Monk comes through in the motorsport in action. That is the... McLaren 570S, Sheena Munk gets an absolutely quality start and underlines the qualifying performance that we saw from her earlier in the weekend. Side by side, Turner Motorsport, Robbie Foley and Scott Maxwell in the Multimatic Ford Mustang through turn three. The yellow and blue car and the dark grey car are still side by side under the Sargento Bridge. They're battling for fifth and sixth position. Foley has the inside line down into turn number five, one of the action areas, and pushes the button, tries to press the advantage mistake by that, uh, I think it's Russell Ward who just went a little deep into turn five, but he's held onto it. Two wide up ahead, three wide behind, and here comes Brynjolfsson in the number seven as well. Alan Brynjolfsson for Archangel Motorsport in the Porsche, the bright highlight, a yellow car. He's been going great guns this weekend. It's definitely Sheena Monk who is in second place at the moment. The timing screen is not lying. Fantastic start by Sheena, who is really making the most of her comeback in this McLaren. Fabulous opening to the race for Nate Stacey as well. Just two tenths of a second, his gap through the last of the timing loops. It's opened up a little bit now. Monk in second in the green and white McLaren 570. Goes all the way to the edge of the curbing and the extra concrete at the kink down there as the field streams through effectively like a road circuit down here like a street circuit my apologies because there's nowhere to go if you get it wrong here comes the challenge from Macquarie looks to the right hand side but Sheena gave him racing room there that was very kind but Tyler couldn't convert coming to the end of the first racing lap uh, and what a cracker it has been with Scott Maxwell up into sixth position. He's got ahead of James Clear in the Bimmer World car. Hardly time to take a breath, Jeremy Shaw. Great start by Nate Stacey and a fabulous start for second place McLaren driver Sheena Monk. Absolutely remarkable for Sheena. I mean, th th this is absolutely incredible. She qualified 13th at Sebring. Uh, she's only she, yeah, pretty much brand new to racing. She's only been racing a couple of years. She started off in the Lamborghini Super Trofeo a couple of years ago and really did seem to be out of her depth there. But that was because she'd done absolutely nothing before. But uh, the, the strides she's made over the last 18 months or so, particularly working alongside Corey Lewis, uh, who's uh, served as a mentor and driver coach as well, has been nothing short of remarkable. That was a really heads-up piece of driving by Sheena on that first lap. She was respectful, didn't do anything silly. Her job in this race 
is to bring this car and hand it over to Corey Lewis in a good, strong, clean position. Problem for the number 21. That's the Brian Herder Autosport with Kerb Agajanian at Hyundai Veloster. And that car has got damage. It was smoking. I think it's had a little tap in the early running. And uh, that's Harry Gottsacker in that uh, Veloster. Just saw a puff of smoke from that car. It, uh, oh, he got hit by the 98. Hit by another one of the Velosters. That's Mason Felipe in the... Uh, blue car and a huge amount of tyre smoke now that might have just been from the front tyres being uh, spun up there uh, I'm fairly certain that uh, I, I thought that was bodywork being pushed onto the car but I think that was just a fantastic save Jeremy Shaw and what do you do in a front wheel drive when you get sideways you mash the throttle and steer the car the way you want to go and the ironic thing about that incident, John, is those two, Mason Felipe and Harry Gonsacker, they shared the winning car here last year. They've been split up this season. Perhaps it wasn't such a smart move. But the good news is they both got away from it and, and can carry on. All good, all good fun in the early laps. Take a little bit of a breath as through they go in TCR. It is the number 29 that leads Spencer Brockman. And that is another one of the losters. Then behind them, the 37 in second place in TCR it is Chris Miller for LA Honda World in the car that he shares with Shelby Blackstock. Then it is the number 33 of Ryan Norman, another one of those really rapid Hyundai Velosters. And off for the 93. Oh, this is awful news. Awful news for Carbon Motorsports. And this is the second of their cars. Well, it's going again, but the steam coming out of the front of that car and that is disastrous there is damage to the front of that normally pristine audi as it drops down the timing and scoring and that number 90 well it'll have to pit straight away there was clearly some clearly some rg and if you will bargy on that car and I don't think that car will be able to carry on without some remedial action. I have to say, Jeremy, I didn't see whether that, that car was pushed or went off. It's the Carbon Audi R8 we're talking about here, the uh, yeah. Mark Siegel car. Yeah, Mark was he was probably embroiled in the in the battle there amongst the TCR cars. I didn't see it, obviously, but uh, I fancy that might have been the case. And and uh, you know, two in one t sometimes doesn't tend to go does it and unfortunately it's Mark Seal that comes off worse in that Audi the good news is for the team Tyler Macquarie in number 39 car the championship leader is uh, even though he lost a position at the start he's running very strongly in that third position yes there was just a moment I have to be honest Jeremy where I looked up at that and saw the carbon colours and thought oh is that the championship leader but it wasn't and now we see the problem for the battle for second, Sheena Monk with a whole train of cars behind, including that championship-leading Carbon car, with Tyler McQuarrie, who's got Russell Ward and Robbie Foley and Scott Maxwell and James Clear all in close attendance uh, to the seventh position. Meanwhile, in TCR, uh, the leading 2900 Veloster right up the tailpipes of Brett Morsey for the Murillo Racing AMG GT4 Mercedes in that uh, sort of chrome ginger colour and in fact the Hyundai is quicker through the twisty bits and right in there in third position is the fast MD uh, Audi the number 23 car 
uh, which is sitting right in there and holding on to the Velocities. Now, that's good news for the Audi of Max Faulkner. And now, surely, can we get a pass and spring these three? Not sure. Meantime, battle for second goes down to the first corner. And Russell Ward in the Winwood Racing car, the rather menacing-looking flat black with the dark red hindquarters as Macquarie goes side by side with Sheena Monk down through turn number three, gets the inside. But now if Sheena could just tough it out there and get a little bit of a drafting partner from Russell Ward, she'll be on the inside when she gets to turn number five. She's not giving up second place, and why should she? This is a battle for position, and the McLaren drags back ahead of the Audi. Sheena Monk takes the middle of the road. To, she doesn't need to defend there. But that was really forceful driving by Sheena. She wasn't faced at all by Macquarie coming down the inside at turn three. Jeremy gave him racing room. Very fair driving by both. That was very interesting to see the relative performance of those two cars. It was, wasn't it? The McLaren just walked away on the straightaway there, uh, ahead of the Audi. So she's able to maintain an advantage. But she's driving really, really well, I have to say. For somebody who has such little experience, just her third start at this level in the Michelin Pilot Challenge. And she is doing a remarkable effort there in that second position. For a while, a couple of years ago, she was coached by Catherine Legg when she first started mm. off doing the Lamborghinis, uh, but I believe it's uh, Corey Lewis has uh, taken on that mantle now, and uh, of course they are sharing the car this weekend, and it's a good opportunity to say, get well soon to Catherine, who had a nasty crash at Paul Ricard in an ELMS, in testing for the ELMS race a few weeks ago. Yeah, Kat uh, bemoaning the fact on social media that the next uh, couple of races she should have been in was here at Road America, and then at Spa, two of her favourite circuits, Kat, I know you'll be tuned in, best of Best of luck, and uh, hopefully the recovery is going well. And we'll see you at a track uh, soon enough, I'm sure. So that TCR battle then, uh, and in fact, uh, Ryan Norman has taken over the lead in the number 33. Uh, that's another one of the Brian Herter cars in the schmozzle that was going on behind Brett Mosing. Brockman now down into second. Faulkner still there in third. And Chris Miller trying to bridge the gap in the Honda Civic TCR to get onto the back of the leading three. We haven't seen the leader of the race for a while. That's because Nick, Nick Stacy, Nate Stacy, excuse me, has cleared off to the tune of six and a half seconds. Now that, Jeremy Shaw, is a cracking gap at this stage. Sheena Monk now has got a little bit of a gap around about uh, half to three quarters of a second because the battle is on for third. Here comes Russell Ward down the inside at turn three on Macquarie. That's mid-engined Audi. 5.2 V10 normally aspirated against the 4-litre twin-turbo front-engine V8 of the AMG GT4 smashing battle between these two cars. Yeah, tremendous racing all the way through the field there is at the moment, apart from the leader, Nate Stacey, as you say, has checked out. He set the fastest lap of the race so far, 1 minute 18.7. He's the only, that's the only car to get underneath uh, 2 minutes 19, as we see... The, uh, the move, this shuffling positions here with uh, oh. Russell Ward and Robbie Foley going at it. Uh -oh. Yeah, and pushed off. There was contact there, and Russell Ward then out of fourth position as he was battling uh, with Robbie Foley. He was just ahead of Robbie Foley. Great recovery by Russell Ward as he gets back onto the circuit. That was... A very, very quick part of the... Well, there's so many places that are very quick. Just a quick update as well on the 99 Aston Martin. That was the car that was involved uh, with the other 
Carbon car and that's been into the pit lane and rejoined as well and Shea Adam has a VP Racing Fuels update from the pit lane on the 98 Hyundai. The contact between the teammates that we saw earlier between Mason Felipe and Harry Gottsacker, not entirely innocent. Mason Felipe has a braking issue that the team is monitoring, so that is the 98 Hyundai. That's the light blue one. Thank you, Shea. Shea Adam all over that. Well, we were just talking about people giving each other racing room there. Jeremy and Scott Maxwell had a great view of what was going on and says, thanks yeah. very much, I'll take the position there, leaning on each other uh, in the early part, and it's damaged both cars. The 96 Turner car's got uh, a rear puncture on the left and steering damage on the front left. I, I, there's an hour and 50 minutes near enough still to go. Do you go at it that hard that early? No. You don't. And that was really unnecessary, I think, there from Russell Ward. He knew that the Turner Motorsport car was alongside him on the outside. It's all very well just driving, oh. making sure he, he keeps on the grass. And there's Robbie uh, having having another moment down at the kink. But uh, for me, that was Russell Ward being a unnecessarily harsh there. And that's uh, a lucky escape for, for Robbie Foley. But... Uh, yeah, it looks like he had a, a rear left puncture uh, and then that threw him into the wall and that's what's done this, the steering damage. He will limp it back to the pits. not been Robbie's day today. Got thrown into a, a very nasty accident with a brake failure on the, uh, at the GT Daytona car. Got back from that and it's been a lot of hard work for the Turner BMW team as well. So the... TCR, yes, the Optima car, the Bimmer World car, involved in a bit of a shunt with the 22, Scott Maxwell, so that's James Clay and Scott Maxwell, and that again is at the action area that we pointed out earlier, that's turn five, uh, so everybody has uh, forgotten how to race in the last couple of weeks, they're all starting to lean each other, this is not the Saturday night air main on dirt, fellas, now come on, play nicely. Uh, and so I think the, the car that was off at the King, I think that was the other Turner Motorsport BMW, right. because Robbie Foley did come around. He, he lost a couple of positions, but was able to keep going again. My fault. And he's still in sixth place, so, uh, so it was the other BMW. Yes. Vin, Vin Barletta. That's, that's the car that Robbie Foley should be driving in the, uh, the latter half of the race. Yeah, my fault, Jeremy. It was because they'd been battling earlier on the Russell Ward and Foley car that I th thought that they were... Uh, that was together. I think the original uh, coming together was between Russell uh, and Robbie Foley. Not sure how Vin Barletta got that uh, puncture or whether he just slid off under his own volition. That was me putting two and two together uh, and making five there. My apologies for leading everybody up the garden path. It happens once in a while. Scott Maxwell has rejoined but has uh, dropped down to 16th position behind Frank Depew in the Rebel Rock Racing Chevrolet Camaro and uh, in front of the McCann Racing Audi, the number eight car. And in fact, Scott already up to the Urban Grid livery car. It's another one of Andy Blackmore's uh, liveries, I think. He's got a few in this race. Hello, Andy. I know you're tuned in. The livery guru and genius and the man behind the... IMSA spotter guides as well. So, Jeremy, that's been a hectic 15 minutes that's gone over uh, like snow off a dike, hasn't it? My goodness me. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, shuffled things around an awful lot, hasn't it? Particularly that incident there with uh, Scott Maxwell 
and uh, James Clay. That was unfortunate. But this battle in TCR is just tremendous. This is not the lead battle in TCR, but there's what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight cars there, either nose to tail, side by side, or on top of each other, basically, pretty much going through turn one and down the hill towards turn three. It's the whole field, apart from the first two, uh, who've got away just a little bit. Sheena Monk, by the way, has been passed by uh, Tyler McQuarrie, uh, but is hanging on to the back of the car barn Audi, just a couple of tenths uh, between them, as this battle for third on down, with Max Faulkner uh, in the Audi, having a look uh, at the... Oh, no, it's that a little bit further back. Oh, my goodness. That is not the uh, that is not the way to take turn five in that uh, TCR. But I think we got away with it there. That's at turn five. I think that was the 37 car that was uh, under pressure a little bit further down the field. Yes, it was. And just goes straight on. And, my goodness me, so Chris Miller, who had Gavin Ernstone right with him there in the dark-coloured Audi RS3 on his right-hand side. Now, I don't think he's hit the tyre wall, but it appears that that car is not firing back up again. Meantime, the leading pair in TCR at Canada Corner, it's the red Hyundai from the white and green Hyundai, or if you prefer, uh, and I'll, I, I suppose you might want to know what numbers they are, that's the 33 of Ryan Norman. John Brockman in the uh, in the uh, 20 Spencer, no, Spencer uh, Brockman in the 29 uh, car that he shares with Parker Chase uh, who's back with us again uh, this weekend and everywhere we look there are battles as Russell Ward I heard right we've had it that's that's it's an official race now we've had a giggle from Shea and from Jeremy Shaw it's official we're enjoying ourselves far too much at the end of Super Saturday here, Russell Ward on a comeback drive uh, in that Winwood uh, HTP Mercedes, uh, just going up to I think that was 11th position ahead of the uh, number 35 Riley. Yes, it was uh, the uh, the Riley entered Mercedes, the wins car of uh, Dylan Murray, and it would be Jim Cox that started that car, was it? Yes, it was. So that was a, a battle among equals in terms of the machinery. So this is a comeback drive then from Russell Ward, just on the outside of the top ten. Nick Gallant in the Bimmer World BMW, about two seconds further up the road. Behind them, James Pesek in PF uh, Racing's Mustang. That is the traditional number 40 for PF Racing. And Shea Adam, uh, the PF team, uh, a model of sartorial elegance this weekend. <laughs> we got a warning at the last race when we talked to Chad McCombie during the red flag period at Sebring that there were new fire suits on the way, and indeed the new fire suits have arrived. They look a bit like highlighter pink uh, with some grey accents to them. So please, for the sake of everyone's retinas in the paddock, do not go stand next to the Archangel drivers because if we get the highlighter yellow next to the highlighter oh. pink, I think some people would go blind. Yeah, that's a fair point. That is a fair point. 
An hour and 41 minutes still to go. Side by side, out of Canada corner, BMW, Audi, and just sitting in behind is the other Winwood car, the silver machine. That's the 57 of Bruce Wood. So that's Rob Ferriol for Team Hardpoint and James Clear going at it out of the final corner. And Bryce, who is the father of Russell Ward, who we were talking about further up the field, he's got a double draft going up the start-finish line. Team Hardpoint with two Audis, one GT3, which has uh, already been out qualifying this afternoon and will race tomorrow. And this, the GT4 version. And Bryce will... Uh, Bryce... Uh, uh, Bryce Ward in the windward car, just sitting in behind there, getting a great view. He'll have the biggest smile on his face. Bryce at the moment loves competing, and he's certainly competing there in that three-car battle, uh, which is for seventh, eighth, and ninth position, heading down towards Turn 5 now, Jeremy. Yeah, that's right. And that uh, the uh, just looking at the TCR, the two the two uh, Brian Hurdles for Hyundai's, they've, they've checked out. They're pulling away now from Max Faulkner in a better part of a second a lap. Uh, that's pretty remarkable. I don't know why, they didn't, why we didn't see that form in qualifying, but now in the race trim, they are just disappearing down the road. The Hyundai's have been, actually been slowed down a little bit compared to a couple of weeks ago. They've got a slight performance change on the, uh, on the engine map on those cars, bringing them down a, uh, a couple of percent. Uh, but uh, clearly, in this race today, they are they are checking out Ryan Norman ahead of Spencer Brockman. Max Faulkner, the pole sitter, now is a uh, better part of seven seconds behind them in third place. Sheena Monk still in third position, hanging on to that. And she's got herself a little bit of a breathing space between her and Robbie Foley in the BMW M4 GT4. Uh, about five seconds. Uh, I just wonder if Tyler McQuarrie is going to try and chase down Nate Stacey uh, in that uh, very distinctive uh, light blue, uh, bright pink and white Aston Martin. Actually, the curvy nature of the livery really suits the new Aston Martin V8 Vantage. I saw a car earlier today that was racing at the Nürburgring that had a... Uh, pretty much a, a, a matte black stripe right across the front, across the headlights, and only the outside parts of the headlights were visible, and then the matte black stripe went right across the front, and it really looked like a Camaro, an older Camaro. It was a bizarre piece of paint on that car, and it just goes to show what a good piece of livery design can do for a vehicle. Well, there's no missing that uh, Co-op Motorsports car out front at the moment. And out front, Jeremy Shaw in elegant isolation at the moment with the, what, five and a half seconds. And probably very happy that he's that far ahead as Russell Ward has now caught Nick Gallant and is having a little go on the number 80. It's the Optima Batteries car. And where's he gone? He's got ahead of him. He did get ahead of him there? Yeah, sorry, yeah. took my... Eye off the screen for a moment. Yeah, I think he might have done that. Just look at the the, the leader, uh, yes, Nate Stacey, running consistent lap times at the front of the field. Tyler McQuarrie in second place. He's just turned his fastest lap of the race. He's got that gap down now to about five, a bit over five and a half seconds. A little bit quicker on the last lap. But certainly the two leaders now to be seem to be pretty closely matched. And uh, Tyler McQuarrie up into second place is uh, edging away now from Sheena Monk by, well, four or five tenths of a second at least 
for a uh, lap. And in terms, Jeremy, of uh, the the strategy and the tactics here, these two-hour races, um, not a, a long endurance race, but elements of endurance here, and, and particularly with things like, uh, uh, you know, if we go full green, certainly, when you time your pit stops. And in fact, we've got a car in the pits already. That is the number 98 Hyundai. That was the one that got the clip earlier on. So that might not be a, a standard stop there for the uh, the eggshell blue car. In normal circumstances, what would we expect to see from the GS cars and the TCR cars? Um, in terms of, they, of, of pit run. They, they could do a good question. Uh, they can do. Uh, I think they're going to have to make. Probably going to have to make t two stops. It's touch and go as to whether whether they can do a one stop, or whether they have to do a splash at the end. So uh, we'll we'll have to kind of see that how that how that plays out as the race progresses. But you know, we're running under green. They're, they're, they're going to struggle, I think, to uh, to get to the end on 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 just one pit stop. The TCRs, I think, probably should be okay. GS, not quite so sure. Shea Adam watched the number 98 Hyundai Veloster N into the pit lane and has this VP Fuel, uh, Racing Fuels pit lane update. What do you know? Confirmation from the team that the reason Mason Felipe hadn't come into the pit lane was that brake issue. It continued to get worse, so the team is going to take a moment and evaluate it before putting new tires onto the car, giving him a little bit more fuel and sending him out to complete his stint. 40-minute minimum drive time. Right now, we're only at 23 minutes complete, less than that for Mason because the drive time stops when you enter the pit lane, so he still has a bit of work to do. Yeah, uh, you can't take you can't take liberties with uh, a potential brake issue, so no choice but uh, for the team to uh, bring that car into the pit lane for a, a look-see. 2.19.8 last time around for the leader, just underlining what Jeremy was saying about the accuracy and the consistency of Nate Stacey in the leading car. 2.19.4 for Tyler McQuarrie. So just under half a second taken back there, but it's still five and a half seconds the gap. 2.19.8 from Sheena Monk. 2.20.2 for Robbie Foley. Jeff Mosing is just in fifth position. Put that Marillo Racing Mercedes AMG GT for uh, the best lap for the 56 car with a 2.20. Point four. Rob Furriol, a couple of places further back in eighth, 220.7. That's that car's fastest lap of the race as well. And Bryce Ward is ahead of his son. So Russell has been up and down like the Assyrian Empire. And Bryce has gone ahead of the young man. So that's going to be a, an interesting chat at the dinner table later on this evening, somewhere uh, around uh, Elkhart Lake, if it stays the way it is at the moment. In TCR, it is still the, t the 33 Brian Herter Autosport Hyundai, uh, Hyundai Veloster N. This is the Veloster that was developed by Brian Herter Autosport using the i30N uh, platform that's been used in TCR racing uh, around the world. But the i30N isn't available in the States, whilst the Veloster is ahead of the Spencer Brockman car in second place, the 29, and then it's about nine seconds back to Max Faulkner, who's having a pretty lonely race in third position at the moment. Yeah, he is, and he's been dropped by uh, by the other two by by a second a lap at the moment. The two Hyundai's pulling away at the front in TCR, uh, so they are looking uh, very very strong indeed. The uh, yeah, you talked about the, the Ward father and son. Russell, of course, fell behind his dad because of that off when he got together with Robbie Foley earlier on, so he's kind of now making up ground. He's got past a couple of cars. He's past both Jim Cox 
and Nick Galante in the number 80 car. So next on his list for Russell will be his dad. Uh, as you're right, and he's, he's closing that gap. He closed it by about a second last time around. He should be with him with another lap. So that's still a bit of battle for ninth and tenth places. Well, on the day when IndyCar announced that its mid-Ohio race was postponed to a date to be confirmed in either October or November, we've got some news about changes for the IMSA ca calendar as well. Watkins Glen in upstate New York, that will move to the 5th and 6th. That event will move to the 5th and 6th at Michelin Raceway Road, Atlanta whilst the Lime Rock GT race will be sharing on a NASCAR weekend, I think, at the Charlotte Roval on the 9th and 10th of October. That's going to be a very busy uh, weekend. ELMS in Monza that weekend uh, from uh, memory. Uh, and that means two races in two weekends at Road Atlanta. Is that right? I think it might be. Uh, oh, sorry, two uh, races at... Uh, in that area so the Roval and then straight down to Royal Atlanta so in the same part of the company that uh, country that news just coming to us courtesy of IMSA so Watkins Glen event has now been uh, moved to Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta 5th and 6th of September Lime Rock the GT festival race going uh, to the 9th and 10th of October and moving venue to the Charlotte Roval on that date 9th and 10th of October changing circumstances series having to adapt and we wish all of the competitors well and the IMSA logistics team well in sorting that out here comes Bryce Ward having a look to the right hand side trying to make up another place and he's got up to eighth position as he crossed the line as he's just gone past team hardpoint and Rob Furriol, this is a really good drive from Bryce Ward uh, at the moment. And following him through is Russell. Yes, it is. So that's father leading son. And Bryce has been working on his consistency in the last few months. Keeping out of trouble. Not a scratch on the silver car. And no damage. And just working his way through the field, Jeremy. Exactly what he needs to be doing at this stage with almost half an hour gone. Yeah, you're absolutely right. He is doing an absolutely excellent job, isn't he? In the uh, in the number 57 car is Bryce. He has his confidence knocked a few times last year with a couple of fairly major incidents. But you know, he's he's you know, he's relatively new to this game. Uh, he, he's not a spring chicken, but he's 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 super keen. He wants to learn all the time, and that's exactly what he's doing. And he's, he's showing good racecraft. He's showing good speed, and uh, and that's very impressive. Yeah, and he's in another battle with ahead of him the Bimmer World James Clear car. Let's go to Shea Adam for a VP Racing Fuel update from the pitch, Shea. Bad news for Hyundai fans. The number 98, Brian Herta Autosport. Hyundai lost that second in the championship. Brake issues. They can't fix it on the pit lane. That car has gone back behind the wall. Second in the championship. Yep, that is significant. Thank you, Shea. Still plenty of Brian Hurt Autosport Hyundai Velosters in the race. Ryan Norman from Spencer Brockman by just six tenths of a second. Those two seem to be tied together with a relatively short bungee cord at the moment. Max Faulkner uh, still a little further back, right about 10 seconds 
but he's got... Yeah, he's uh, falling back in the second lap, John. Yeah, and Harry Gottsacker yes. is closing him down, actually. Not by much, but he's starting to close him down just a wee bit. Uh, and it, it may well be a 1-2-3 for the Hyundai Velosters. Then a six and a half seconds uh, back to the KMW Motorsports Alfa Romeo Giulietta. That's a good run again for that little uh, black car, which looks absolutely fantastic. I really do like the livery on that with the dark red. Uh, on that car oh it's father versus son across the line and russell now russell give your dad a bit of room on the outside respect your elders flashing the light as he gets up uh, into the area of the bmw i have a strong suspicion that bryce may have let him go there and actually cost himself a, a little bit of momentum because rob furriel and the team hardpoint audi has just closed in a little bit and now Russell's got through and passed the BMW at turn number three. So that's moved Russell up into seventh position. He started the lap in ninth and already had a couple of overtakes. Bryce just eased out of it there a little bit. And he might have to fight with the red, white and black Audis. They come down to turn five. Bryce down the inside can leave his braking quite late. Actually, does a really good job there. Just slides a little bit wide. And here comes Furriol on the now the left-hand side to turn number six. And that will be a pass for position, I think, by the hardpoint car. Bryce will lift out here into turn seven. He has done. Just breaks a little bit early. That was smart. Racecraft, as you said there, Jeremy. That was smart. He'll live to fight another day there. No point in going side by side through turn seven and risking it all with 90 minutes still to run on the clock. Absolutely, and he knows his, his son is a little bit quicker. Uh, Russell's a little bit quicker than Bryce, so you know, no point holding him up. And he's just going to run his own sensible, sensible, smart race here for uh, Bryce Ward. I mean, he's, he's had some, some really, really good finishes. He's got a, a great co-driver in young Alec Udell. Great to see Alec back in this championship. Still only 24 years of age. He's another guy like Nate Stacey, who started super young in his career. And he's, he raced in Europe last year. Did, did Alec Udell won the European GT4 Championship. And it's great to see him have this opportunity to join the Winwood Racing effort here for these last couple of races. Yeah, it's been a very busy year or so for Winwood, having taken over HTP in Europe and their facility in Germany. And they've had some success with their European arm as well, including a win uh, both in the virtual and the real world series at the Nürburgring Nordschleife, uh, what is now called the Nürburgring Langstrecken Serie, NLS, what used to be called VLN, and in fact is still administered by the VLN organisation. Christian Hornardl doing a, a very good job in running that side of things as well as jumping in a car once in a while over in Germany. Still this battle continues for what is eighth position in GS with James Clear, Rob Ferriol and Bryce Ward, eighth, ninth and tenth. And this is the beauty, isn't it, Jeremy, of the Michelin Pilot Challenge? That, you know, th there are battles all the way down the field. You'll find somebody to race in this field with, what, 21 GT4 cars in GS. There will be somebody that you'll have a race with for the better part uh, of your stint normally. Yeah, that's exactly right. And that's, I think, one of the great strengths of this championship, another one being the fact that there's so many competitive, pretty competitive cars out there. Right now, it looks like the Aston Martin has got uh, the legs on the field, although uh, Tyler McQuarrie is actually, uh, just inch by inch, he's getting a bit closer in second place. 
to the Aston Martin in that second place car barn with Peregrine Racing Audi, car number 39. Uh, but they are now pulling away quite substantially from Sheena Monk, who is slipping back into in toward the clutches of Robbie Foley in fourth place. Jeremy Shaw is with me, John Hindoff in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. Shea Adam is our VP Racing Fuel Pit and Paddock uh, reporter. She'll keep us up to date with what's going on off the track or around the track. We've already lost the 98 Hyundai second in the TCR Championship for Brian Herder Autosport behind the wall with braking issues. And we're getting close to an important part of the race, Shea Adam, as far as tactics are concerned we are now under five minutes away from the minimum drive time having been met and apparently a lot of drivers are putting down their phones and putting on their helmets a lot of the pit wall starting to be populated by crews with tires and drivers ready for their shot at road america did notice that last time around the number 77 la honda world uh, racing came in with uh, taylor hagler uh, into the pits that was a little bit early then for the full uh, drive time that's the car that's being shared with Ryan Eversley and through comes across the start finish line now the 4-0 car that is the bright James Pesek PF Racing pink Ford Mustang couldn't lose that one in the car park could you wins GT4 going down the inside at turn three there is literally something happening every single corner on the circuit that was uh, James Cox going uh, inside Scott Maxwell for 11th position on the Multimatic car that uh, Ford Mustang Jeremy that number 11 car that has lost a bit of pace it was battling a little further up the field meantime Bryce Ward has got ahead of James Clear for the moment. Rod Ferriel's cleared off from that, what was a three-car battle, to the tune of two seconds. And Bryce Ward has schemed his way past James Clear, but James, being James, has decided not to let that one lie. And meantime, the younger Ward has just gone up into sixth position, having dealt with Alan Brynjolfsson in the braking area at the bottom of Hurry Downs into turn seven. So literally, every time we look at a corner, something is happening. That is the beauty of the Mission and Pilot Challenge. Brilliant, isn't it? And uh, uh, Russell Wood, it's a good comeback by Russell. He, he's uh, had that off-course excursion earlier on, dropped uh, quite a long way down the order, certainly outside the top dozen. And he's now back up into uh, sixth position, that will be, and turning amongst the fastest laps of the race. I think the only cars that are quicker than him right now are the two leaders, Nate Stacey, who's lapping very consistently in the mid-1-19s. And the same can be, absolutely the same could be said for Tyler McQuarrie in that second-placed Audi. I think he dropped as far as 14th, Jeremy, from... Uh, uh, from memory but I could be wrong uh, and I'm, I'm prepared to be corrected on that uh, that Bryce uh, sorry uh, Russell Ward excuse me um, but as I say I'm prepared to be corrected on that down in Canada corner the battle at the front of TCR which swapped over a, a wee while ago now when the uh, bright red number 33 for Ryan Norman managed to Finagle its way past what is effectively the team car sitting in behind it for Spencer Brockman 
those two cars then running in lockstep at about half to three quarters of a second haven't really seen Jeremy any effort uh, or evidence that those cars have been massively battling each other another pass for Russell Ward who goes past the similar car of Mosing and the 56 Marillo racing car so Jeff Mosing loses fifth position this is a very very good drive indeed from Russell Ward he's dragged Alan Brynjolfsson with him to the back bumper of the chrome ginger car and our leader well 4.1 seconds he has been closed down around about a second and a half in the last what uh, half a dozen or more laps but still looking very comfortable indeed Nate Stacey uh, Jeremy Shaw is at Canada corner and that Aston Martin is looking very nicely set up and hooked up indeed well it really is John I mean his last three laps they've all been within just about a tenth or a tenth and a half of a, of a second a tenth and a half of a second uh, we're my, 1 minute 19.3, 1 minute 19.4, 19.4. So that's the sort of thing you want to see uh, when you're out, when, when you're the co-driver waiting to hop aboard this car. That would be Carl Marcelli, the uh, the uh, ex vastly experienced now Canadian. I don't need to say that because it doesn't seem like long since Carl was just starting out his career. But he's a fine young man as well, and he'd be really impressed with the job that Nate Stacey is doing as well. Two at 19.9 that time, so a little bit uh, slower than the previous few laps, but still maintaining that gap to a little bit less than four seconds over the second place car. BMW number 82, James Clare has Scott Maxwell in the 22. Ford Motorcraft GT4 Ford Mustang as they head up the hill right in the wheel tracks that Mustang of the BMW the throaty sound of the Mustang V8 pulls to the right hand side as Maxwell is looking to get into the top 10 at turn 1 balancing the car a bit on and off the throttle there the Mustang didn't really want to turn did it when Scott asked for the power a little bit earlier and had to come out of the throttle again tries down the inside to turn three but that isn't working either but he's got a lovely run out of turn three now right up underneath the rear wing of the BMW almost too close for a moment he dodges to the left and then back to the right does he show his hand early he does he goes to the left hand side he'll get the slight little left kink at what is termed turn four but then he'll be in prime position for the outbreaking manoeuvre to the apex of turn five if he can do it and he can't the bmw jeremy better on the brakes yeah indeed and uh, interesting isn't it, to see the relative differences uh, in the cars there but uh, scott maxwell he's had to work his way back after being involved in incident earlier on he's now knocking on the door of that top 10 again we've seen the first cars onto pit lane the uh, minimum drive time requirement has been met and we've seen the number 35 car that is Jim Cox, he will hand over that Mercedes to young Dylan Murray. Number 38, Porsche, Tom Collingwood, he will hand over that car to Jan Halen. And Frank Dupuy, number 71, Chevrolet Camaro, is a long way back in the 16th position. And it will be Robin Liddell, race winner last year, will climb aboard the number 71 Chevrolet. Yeah, and in what style was that run? Here is uh, that win. One taken. Here is the leader onto the pit lane. Shea Adam, give us an update. We'll keep an eye uh, on the leader. Give us an update on those early pit callers in this VP Racing Fuel pit update. 
Yeah, I think Jeremy hit the nail on the head with all three of those. It'll be fuel and tires for them. But the only one I'm a little concerned about, the 35, that's the Mercedes that won the first race of the season way back in January at Daytona. That was very, very close to minimum drive time for Jim Carr. The 60 is in. Nate Stacy has done his job, and Kyle Marcelli is taking over. Immediately behind them, ironically, the next pit box behind them, he's Kyle Marcelli handing over to Jeff Festo for the 39 Carbon Audi, all of the cars and tires. Stay Notably, Robbie Foley in the number 95 truck motorsport BMW, so it's not yet time for build power. Also coming into the pit lane, we had the number three. Fantastic opening stick, Gina. She is handing over to Corey Lewis in the McLaren. In number 56, Morello Racing Mercedes, Jeff Mosing is in. He'll be handing over to Eric Foss. Also into the pit lane, Alan Brynjolfsson for Archangel Motorsport. First podium for that team more than a decade last time out. Try and do one better and get them another race win. The leader coming into the pit lane is the first one back out. That is Kyle Marcello, closely followed by Jeff Foss. Also into the pit lane, Seth Priu gets an opportunity to drive around Road America. He's been here before. He came and watched his dad race. 2016, but now it is chance to go. Rob Ferriel also into the pit lane in the number 31 Audi. That will be handing over to our friend Spencer Kelly. And we have the Mercedes, number 57 of Bryce Ford, handing over to Alec Udell. James Clay, world BMW, the number 82 in. He is handing over to Devin Jones. James Pesek is also in the pit lane. Chase Frisco will be taking over the 40 racing right pink Audi. See right now with the well, just about got most of that. Thank you, shit. Uh, into the pits for that number four zero. So Foley leading from Russell Ward now in second position after the fight back. The fight back continues. Out they come. Uh, his father, Bryce, has passed over the car. And so the 57 back out on the circuit uh, with the driver change having been completed. Alex Adel for Winwood in there. Been a couple of uh, enforced changes to the driver lineup. Here's the car that was leading, Robbie Foley coming into the pit lane and does that mean that Russell's gone through not quite yet waiting to see yeah, the, came in the pits as well ah he's followed him in thank you Jeremy as has Nick Gallant so the top three is in so we will in a moment or two well about a minute's time we might well get uh, the Brian Herder Autosport Hyundai's actually scored as leading the race overall here as they come through there's a possibility Go ahead, Chef. That would be quite sweet. Flying Ryan Norman out on track. He led in each of his first three races in Ithaca, but he and his co-driver did three, two hours of pit stop practice this weekend, doing driver change back and forth, he and Gabby Chavez, because they were so frustrated at losing the win at Sebring and a slow stop at Daytona. They wanted to make sure that is not the cause of them losing the lead of the race. So Ryan Norman would be very satisfied to not only lead the class, but lead overall. The Churning Motorsport W pit stop is done, and Bill Oberlin is rolling once again, and Russell Wood has been his car evacuated from. 
And now it's dropped off the air jacks. Billy Johnson, series champion, about to drive a Mercedes for the first time in this series. He goes, Billy. Yeah, and what we were trailing has happened. Ryan Norman and Spencer Brockman have gone through to lead overall, still just half a second behind them. They also pit stop, of course, uh, and they've got Kyle Marcelli and Jeff Westfall behind them. Uh, that 60 car has not stopped, I reckon, Jeremy. In fact, I don't think Jeff Westfall has either uh, in the... Uh, no, that car must have stopped. No. All of the all the GS cars have made a pit stop now. Okay, so Marcelli is the leader of GS on the road and has had the pit stop in that call number six. Correct. Right, got you. Oh, of course, it's the Vantage. I'm, I'm thinking, you know, I see Core and still I think their previous manufacturer affiliation. My apologies uh, for that. I was thinking, where's the Aston Martin dropped down to? But it hasn't dropped down anywhere. It's still got a six-second lead. Good battling still going on in the... TCR category with the uh, battle area. Yeah, Harry Gottsager closed right up onto the tail now of uh, the pole sitter Max Fortner and uh, he, he's come from nowhere Gottsager, he's come from a long long way back he's closed up on Max Fortner he's just driven past him on the straightaway this is not close, the Hyundais have been pegged back a bit since the last round but clearly they have a, uh, a really good speed right now I think the TCR, we've said this before, but I'm going to say it again. I think TCR as the secondary class here, uh, in, or the second class uh, in Mission and Pilot Challenge, has been an absolutely unadulterated success. Passes made by the Hyundai, by the way, Gotsaka has gone through in the black number 20, or mainly black and red number 21. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, the TCR's factory built and supported racing cars at relatively speaking in racing terms a reasonable cost and I am reminded by the way that in 2016 Stephen McAleer and Chad McCumbie uh, won overall in an MX-5 in not a top class car remember when the race was red flag red flagged so it's not un heard of to have the second class uh, leading the race but of course they'll have to make their pit stops and give up that position Cal Marcelli closing them down round about four seconds three and a half four seconds a lap at the moment so he'll be on them uh, in a lap or so and he's got now six seconds uh, of an advantage uh, of uh, Jeff Westfall who's taken over the car barn with Peregrine Audi Got Saka now, as we reported, in third position overall across the line. Plenty of battles in the GS category. Very close indeed uh, between the Urban Grid number 71, Camaro, and the 57, Alex Udell, driven Winwood Racing. That is a battle for 15th and 14th. And I think that's Jan Halen just ahead of them, isn't it? In the Cayman. Yes, it is. Is exactly right. And these three cars all pitted uh, at the, the, the earliest opportunity. So they, they were the first cars onto pit lane. Everybody else in GS came in over the next couple of laps. So, you know, the battle here is being continued. Robin Liddell is going to look down to the inside here. And uh, that's a good, uh, nice, clean pass from Robin Liddell. Although Russell, uh, Bryce Ford, excuse me, not Bryce Ford, it's uh, Alec Udell, isn't he, who says, yeah. no, thank you. 
Yeah, Yidel and Liddell together there is uh, commentate this nightmare as well as they come out yes. in turn seven. We've got two. We've got a new a new lap record, by the way. First of all, it was set by uh, by Corey Lewis. His first lap out of the pits, a, a two minutes, uh, uh, two minutes eighteen point two, or two minutes 18.3, I should say. And then moments later, Dylan Murray came past to set a new lap record of two eighteen point two eight five. Wow. So new lap records here. The pace is heating up. It's all starting to get a bit serious now. Uh, with an hour and nine minutes to go and some of the pit stops taking place quite some time ago, Jeremy's uh, thought that the GSs would need a second pit stop absolutely underlined uh, by that. 22 laps at the sharp end. Excuse me, check that. 19 laps at the sharp end of the field uh, for Nate Stacey. Looks to be about part for the course. Uh, Russell Ward, I think, did one lap more than that, even accounting for him coming through. Pit stop starting now with just on an hour and eight minutes to go for the TCR cars. And one of the first in, the number 23, Max Faulkner, Fast MD Racing, Audi RS3. So he'll... Yeah, he, he was struggling a little bit after after being right there with the two leading Hyundais uh, for a while, Jeremy. Not sure if, if that was a car problem. And James Vance will take over that car. Probably tyre wear, John. Well, and we've, haven't we seen this before, Jeremy, that if you go too hard too early uh, on these front-wheel drive cars, you can really take performance uh, out uh, of your run. You're absolutely right, and I think that's, I, th I would hazard a guess, that's why the uh, Brian Herder Hyundais did not qualify particularly well. They didn't want to take too much out of their Michelin tyres during the qualifying session. They just run the minimum laps, get in the race, and then race hard from there. I think that's why they started a lot further back in the field than we anticipated. It's going to be fascinating towards the end of this race. This is not done by any stretch no. of the imagination. Carl Marcelli has worked his way past the two Brian Herter Autosport Hyundai Velostas that were leading, still leading in TCR, of course. And they look to be going as close to half distance as they can, which makes perfect sense, of course, even to a bear of small brain like me. Alex, you tell... Um, tell you what, Sorry, Jeremy, go ahead. Yep. Excuse me, uh, the, the guy who's on the charge now, uh, again, is Corey Lewis. He's, uh, he's just set a new fastest lap of the race, clipped a whole second off his previous lap, 217.294. He's just come across the line again, 216.9. <laughs> the old lap record was a 218.4, so more than a second and a half faster for Corey Lewis. He's got about uh, 20 seconds to make up, uh, less than that actually, uh, and that's 16, not going to be a problem at this rate. 16 and a half seconds to the leader, Jeremy. Uh, and he's got two uh, TCR cars in between himself uh, and the leader. But that is a cracking pace being set by that McLaren. And set up, let's not forget, by a stunning first stint by Sheena Monk, who was absolutely brilliant in the rough and tumble at the start of the race. Uh, let's check in with Shea Adam for a VP Racing Fuel Pit and Paddock report. 
fan favorite car number 77 Honda from LA Honda World. They went behind the wall with a wiring harness issue. Upon further review, they sent the car back out to see if it would be okay. It's a boost actuated wiring loop that must have got hit by debris. And thank you very much to Ryan Eversley, who said that they're packing it up for the day. They're not going to risk the car. So that fan favorite out of the race and the really bad luck season for that crew, it continues, unfortunately. And Ryan, obviously, not getting a run in that car today, as far as I can see, Shane. I think that's the second time that he's not uh, actually got behind the wheel. Correct. So last week out at Sebring, he was the race at Daytona. He was, it looks like this week, that would be 12th. Oh, I don't know, 11th, possibly 10th. Right, okay. So, Jeremy, with just over an hour to go, Marcelli in the lead by just a second and a half, and then 3.2 seconds back from Westfall to the TCRs. But the man on the charge at the moment, now less than 14 seconds from the lead, Corey Lewis in the motorsport in action, the Mia McLaren 570S. GT4, absolutely brilliant. As the leaders in TCR into the pits, or at least Ryan Norman has come in in the red car. The second of the cars, the 29, has gone through for another lap. I wonder if they're just splitting the pits so they're not in the pit stall together. That's number 21, Colin. That's Harry Gottsack. Okay, yeah, he's just been swallowed up by the GS cars. Correct. Yeah, uh, the, um, the, the Jeff Russell had a really good lap on that last time around. He, he pulled up a lot of time on Kyle Marcelli. Kyle must have had some problems with the traffic. So full pit stop for that bright red Hyundai. Already the driver change done, tyres done and the determining factor of how long that car is standing still should always be how long it takes for the fuel to go in and that's exactly what has happened ryan norman out of the number 33. We're in right now. so as you heard in the background there gabby chavez installed and they want to get that car out because the next car is coming along Meantime, in the pit lane as well, Gavin Ernstone, who started the Audi RS3 LNS TCR, the number 61 car. He's already out. Fuel already going in as well. Good run for Gavin. He'll be happy with that. Yeah, he's kept his nose clean. And uh, you can see, I don't know whether you noticed there, the, the height differential between Gavin Ernstone and, and John Morley. John's a, a big lad. And he, had, he uh, squeezes himself in that car, and boy, he is fast. This pairing scored their first win at the end of last season. Not had much luck this year, but uh, there's still plenty of time in this season. And John Morley is, is fast. Yeah, very fast indeed. In fact, they were robbed, really, of a really good result at VIR, Jeremy, in the very late stages of the race when they were tapped off in a, in a battle, and they could have had a another victory was that last year or was that the year before now but uh, certainly it's been a good program that they've put together a little bit of smoke coming from the back of the camaro and 
Oh, that doesn't look good. I thought that might have been bodywork rubbing. No, it's not. It's something a little more than that. And Robin Liddell's Rebel Rock Racing Chevrolet Camaro is slowing down. Uh, and after the highs of last year, that looks that car is coming into the pits. Meantime, Shea Adam has this VP Racing pit report. Shana Monk, thank you so much for joining us. What a start to the race. Did you ever expect to come to Road America and be in second place when the green flag was waving? No, you know, that was it. what an incredible feeling. Uh, I mean, the Motorsports and Action guys have worked so hard all weekend. Uh, you know, in one of the practices, I had a, a little bit of an issue, and they got the car back, repaired it for free, pra uh, free practice, too. And, you know, it's just been... Uh, it's been fantastic since then. So, you know, the J.G. Wentworth uh, McLaren 570S has been fantastic. What's been the biggest difference for you this weekend? Is it a different comfort level or is things just seeming to click? Because your drive earlier, I mean, the way that you managed to hold off Tyler McQuarrie, that was so cool. Yeah, um, it's fantastic, you know, considering that he was uh, champion last year. Um, I mean, it's a privilege to race with uh, the, the people that are in this field. Um, I'm just very familiar with Road America, and, uh, you know, the funny thing is, I felt like we had a car that was this good at Sebring, and unfortunately, we ran into a problem, so, you know, right now, it's just all the pieces coming together for us, and, and it was just a matter of time until that happens for the Motorsports and Action guys. Sheena, it's uh, Heindorf here in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre, cracking qualifying and an opening drive. Uh, Got to ask you, does, does driving the in the Lamborghini Challenge, does that prepare you for this? Because that car probably had a lot more power and was probably a bit quicker in a straight line. In some ways, has it, has it been a, a, a relatively easy transition to the McLaren? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, Super Trofeo is always going to have a special place in my heart, and uh, I hope to be back there again at some point. But, yeah, I would say that that car... Um, you know, obviously it's got the straight line speed, but I always, you know, joke, it's, it's kind of a bear to drive, and um, you know, I, I'd say that this car has uh, been a lot more friendly, um, and just for me to come up to speed has been pretty quickly, pretty pretty quick. Shana, great job in that opening stint. Thank you very much for uh, taking a few moments out to talk to us, and good luck the rest of the way. All right, thanks so much, and I just want to say hi to my family and thank my sponsors, and uh, let's let's hope Corey finishes on the podium. Thank you, Shana. Shana Monk with that VP. Racing fuels update problem for the Cayman, uh, and that car is going to have to come in. That was Jan Halen in the BGP Motorsports 38 car with a left rear issue. Uh, ah. Go ahead, Jeremy. Well, I was going to say he he he'd been battling with Robin Liddell, hadn't he? If you remember. Oh so yes, good point. Cars battling away there, so I wonder whether with two of those cars having problems on well a lap apart, I guess. Uh, is there smoke or fire? Or both. At uh, meantime, in comes the number 21. That's the black Hyundai. One of the Hyundai Horde, if you will. And that is another standard stop. Inside the final hour now. So, again, you don't have to be an arithmetic genius to realise that if you've done more than half of the race under green flag conditions, you should be able to go to the end from here as through goes 
Well, that's Gabby Chavez now, isn't it, in the 33 car. So he goes back to the lead. Has got Saka is out of the black number 21. Again, this is all down to the fuel fill. So Mark Wilkins will take that car out and pulls away as if he's in the supermarket shopping area. Oh, a visibility problem for the number 77 LA Honda World car and... Well, that, I thought that car was uh, not coming back out again that uh, Shea mentioned earlier on. Uh, they haven't closed... Not that he wasn't ready to come back out again. Yes, haven't put the bonnet up, uh, the hood on properly. Uh, and that is uh, Teller Hagler again behind the wheel of that car. It st uh, started to lose Ooh. the bonnet halfway down the front straight at the left front corner and then flips up and over. Has broken the windscreen, as they are wont to do when you lose a hood like that. That would have been a scary moment. Laminated screens, of course, have made that not so much of the issue as it would have been a few years ago. A toughened screen would have just completely shattered. And in some ways, slightly fortunate in that the left hand fixing has broken. And so that's pushed up a little higher. So you'll probably still see underneath that. There is a wee bit of debris uh, on the front straight just coming into the braking area for turn one keep an eye on that because that looks like a, a strip of metal meantime <laughs> guess what the battles continue 82 now Devin Jones behind the wheel of the Bimmer World M4 and Seb Prio Sebastian Prio Multimatic Motorsport Ford Mustang in the 22 is battling away and they are now coming through traffic no no that's the Turner car 95 down at turn number eight and they're coming past the alpha which is still running around all you alphaholics will be loving the fact that the little julietta is still running quite nicely thank you very much indeed and sitting in sixth position at the moment for kmw motorsport i tell you what jeremy we talk about how good these mission and pilot races are this has been a classic already. It has been non-stop action. Anybody who's driving in any class, in any of the cars, this, unless you've been out in the lead car at the front of the field at Core Racing Aston Martin, it really has been action, 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 hasn't it? It certainly has, yeah, that's exactly what we've come to expect. And the, this battle here that's raging on the number 95, number 7, number 4, number 56, uh, all uh, nose to tail, pretty much. There's the number 7, that Volt. Uh, Porsche came in just ahead now. That's Trent Hinman at the wheel of that car. It's uh, Billy Johnson at the wheel of the number four car. That's the Winwood Racing entry. He's taken over from Russell Ward. And that's a super battle between Trent Hinman and Billy Johnson. Uh, they uh, both have a huge amount of experience and success in this championship. 56th position that, Jeremy. And you've got yeah. to say, kudos to Russell, who dropped down. I did just check. He did drop down to 14th for fighting his way back up again. But well, you've then got to think, what a missed opportunity. If that car's got that kind of pace in it, where could he have been had he not had those couple of off-track moments? 
Well, of course, and, and he got together, did he not, with number 95 car didn't he, early on, and here they are. Uh, they're sandwiching Trent Hinman in the number 7 Porsche, but they're still, uh, they're, they're, that battle is ongoing between the number 95 and the number 4, uh, and number 56 car of Jeff Mosing. Uh, Eric Foss, excuse me, I haven't taken over from Jeff Mosing. He's hanging in there as well. This is a really, really good battle for what is now fourth position. It's Bill Oblin, of course, at the wheel, number 95. And he's going to have to cede that position there to Trent Hinman, who makes a great pass at the top of the hill in turn six. Magic. Magic stuff. That bright yellow vault Cayman. Archangel Motorsport now for that. And Billy Johnson hanging on. Eric Foss, Marillo. Riley Motorsport, only another eight seconds further back in eighth position. Hard points, got temp Spencer Pumpelli behind the wheel of their Audi in ninth position. Expect to see that car come forward. From there, and here comes Billy Johnson again, right in the wheel tracks of that Turner BMW as they come down through the long run to Canada Corner. Just extraordinary stuff, really is. And through, the pass has been made by the AMG GT4, and that was coming into Canada Corner, did get the run, as we mentioned, and immediately puts, what, two, three, four cars lengths into the BMW, and Mosing now right up the tailpipes, the 56 car, uh, Eric Voss, excuse me. Uh, right up the tailpipes of the Turner car. So Hindman, Johnson, Oberlin and Voss. But Hindman and Johnson had just cleared off a tiny little bit there. Yeah, Billy Johnson, he is tied for the lead for most wins in the Michelin Pilot Challenge. Uh, with uh, with uh, with Matt Plum on uh, 23 and Billy Johnson, he's got the most the record for number top three podium finishes. 49 is his tally so far. And there is back to our race leader car, Mercedes. Has a couple of laps where he must have had to deal with some. Well, he has had to deal with some traffic, which cost him a little bit of time. But now he's been able to stretch out that lead again. It came down to as little as a second and a half. But over the course of the last five laps, Carlo has eked that back eight hours again now to almost six seconds of Jeff Westfall in second place. Corey Lewis having turned some uh, stunning laps earlier on. Uh, he's uh, similar margin back, actually a little bit more now, now uh, back in third place. And then a big back gap back to that battle we saw between, uh, between Trent Hitman, Billy Johnson, Bill Oberlin and Eric Foss. But the McLaren... We could see, I think, during that first in that, that, that Sheena Monk, we didn't really ask about it, but she was obviously struggling towards the, the latter part of that stint. Her tires, I think, beginning to go off on the McLaren. She fell back quite rapidly in the closing stages of her stint. Uh, since Corey Lewis took over, he's absolutely flown, but now that gap is... Uh, we'll, we'll see whether it stabilises or whether he was able to keep that charge going. Well, inside 51 minutes, uh, the time remaining at the moment. Uh, you know what, Jeremy? You can, uh, you and I watch a lot of motor racing, 
and I like to think that you can learn a little bit about how a car is performing by how it looks on the track. That Aston almost always looks slow everywhere. It really, it's not sliding around, it's not looking difficult to drive, and look at the times, the consistency that you mentioned earlier on in the first part, in the first part of the race has been continued in the second part and it just looks a really good platform it must be a joy to drive yeah no yeah i think you're absolutely right uh, right on that score it's, uh, it's super consistent too where once he once he has clear track ahead of him uh, as with uh, Nate Stacey in, in the opening stages of this race Carl Marcelli able to turn consistent laps around about 1 minute 19 or thereabouts and uh, that's going to be more than enough to maintain that advantage over Jeff Westfall in the Audi in second place still this battle for position between Trent Hinman and Billy Johnson and how many times have we mentioned those two names over the last few years of Michelin Pilot Challenge here on IMSA Radio and IMSA TV Great to have your company if you're listening in at the circuit 87.7 FM. We'll be back with you for the Porsche second race and, of course, the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship on Sunday. Live across the world on RS2 IMSA Radio. No blocks, no bricks. And here comes Billy Johnson. He thought about it into the kink and then moves back into the line. That tells you that he's very confident about that AMG GT4 from Wimbledon Racing underneath him, he's got a great run. That little Cayman though makes a small hole in the air. He's not getting a huge draft. Tries to go to the left-hand side, which is the outside of Canada Corner. That's not going to work. But surely now it's a matter of time. The Cayman looks absolutely tiny. Towards the final corner, Billy Johnson starting to look even more racy and trying to get a position where he gets the not inconsiderable nose of that AMG GT4 up alongside and into the eye line of Trent Hinman but the Porsche is fast in a straight line certainly in the early part of the long straight but then the AMG starts to get into its stride just doesn't seem to be a long enough straight bizarrely it's just in the last maybe the last quarter of the straight when the AMG pulls back in again. Yeah, I mean, you know, the Mercedes is, is a good bit heavier. It's a whole 1,330 oh, yeah, 30 kilograms um, lighter than the Mercedes. And that's a huge amount of weight differential between these two cars. You can see the head-on shot as they come down the, the hill towards turn five. The, the uh, Cayman, it's a really slippery little car. But uh, the, the Mercedes has good power, it has good grip, and there's not much to choose between them in terms of lap time, it would appear. Making the left tap lap times a little differently, and that's what we love. That's the variety of sports car racing. Mid-engine, very low set engine in that Cayman. Sits be right behind the driver in the street car. There's absolutely nothing behind the seats. There's a firewall. And then behind that, there's actually a little bit of luggage space because you can't see the engine it is literally so far down and then you've got some trunk space in the front as well very well balanced little car 
Porsche enthusiasts will tell you that that is one of the best handling Porsches that Porsches builds and a really viable alternative to the 911. 911 still sitting at the top of the tree as far as Porsche sports cars are concerned but in terms of performance and certainly performance for the amount of money that you put down a Cayman GTS or a Boxster GTS particularly with that new 4 litre flat 6 engine that is back in the range of the streetcars very very impressive package indeed right we haven't talked about uh, TCR for a while Gabby Chavez leads Parker Chase by about 5 seconds that's 33 in front of 29 the two Hyundai Velosters uh, in third position it is now a 1-2-3 for Hyundai Veloster and Brian Herter with Mark Wilkins in the black number 21 that he took over from Harry Gottsacker he's ahead of the fast MD racing Audi by just on two seconds James Vance behind the wheel there and then well, around about 17 seconds further back there's a bit of a gap to the Alpha uh, which is in fifth position final stop Jeremy for the yeah. vault uh, Cayman now this is very interesting get the final stop done first I like this tactic yeah that's Michael Johnson for you there the uh, the team the team strategist here and team principal at Archangel Motorsports he's been around the sport a long long time he knows exactly what it takes useful driver in his own right as well actually he's certainly one of the renowned one of the best strategists in the paddock also often does strategy in the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship as well even though he runs his own team here and uh, this would be they know they can get to the end from here fill it up with fuel fresh set of Michelin tires and uh, Trent go for it and if there is now a full course caution this will play into this team's favor they've made their final stop everybody else still has to wait make one more pit stop in the race if there is a full course caution the pits are closed you cannot make your pit stop until the pits are open by then everybody is closed back up again and therefore Trent Hinman he if that is indeed the scenario he will move through to the front of the pack yeah. and he'll be a very difficult guy to catch in the closing stages of this race but of course for that strategy to, to, to play off he needs a caution period before the other leaders make their way onto pit lane and that might just trigger uh, Shea Adam a whole raft of stops because uh, that wasn't the only stop that was made recently no, and credit where credit's due. Bimmerold was actually the first team into the pit lane with their number 82 BMW, Devin Jones, who took over for James Clay a little bit earlier on, was the first car to come onto the pit lane to do that. The next lap around, his teammate, Dylan McIvern, in the 80, came in to do his stop, too. So this has worked for uh, the car that is now Archangel Motorsports. They won the race two years ago on a fuel strategy so they're looking to try and do that again unfortunately their bluff has been called by the BMW team who did the exact same thing under 20 laps to go on the prediction uh, with round about 44 minutes to go 43 and a half minutes to go so who blinks next Come Autosport leads they've got the most to lose 7.7 .7 seconds the gap between Marcelli and Jeff Westfall the carbon with Peregrine in second place in that lovely Audi, the 39 car, that's the championship leader as well. Fair to say that that uh, Audi doesn't need to win here, but they will want to win here. And at the moment, the leader is in behind the leader of TCR. And just underlining, Jeremy, how good those little TCRs are around the corners. There was no chance at all from five all the way through to the exit of the carousel.
for the leader of the race in that Aston, there was not a chance at all to outperform that Hyundai going in and through the corners. Those TCR cars, mighty, mighty good on the twisty stuff. Yeah, they are, aren't they? And they're uh, doing a super job here in the uh, TCR lead, but uh, next, uh, Karma says he's going to make, make that pass now. Uh, he's pulled out over seven and a half seconds now over second place, but Jeff Westfall very soon now in and looming large in his mirrors is that number three McLaren of Corey Lewis he's closed that gap down over the last few laps 6.3 seconds 5.7 4.9 the last time they came across the line so that battle for second place now well and truly on between Jeff Westall and Corey Lewis Audi versus McLaren another lap complete Shea go ahead sorry I know that there was Jeremy. Sorry, Jeremy, go ahead. Well, the Archangel car coming in and making that pit stop, if that car was running up in the uh, in the fifth position there, the best place, the, the, the two Bimmerwell BMWs, uh, number 31 and car number 22, they just made pit stops as well for the same reason. And that's for them, it's a Hail Mary call because unless they tried something a little bit different, they're not going to beat the cars ahead of them. So they needed to come in and make the pit stop. The, the key now for the leaders is how long they break answer not very long because Jeff Westfall has just brought the number 39 car onto pit lane in second position and Shea Adam is watching the stop shouldn't be a driver change here I'll be interested to see what they do tire wise Shea no, no it's Jeff Westfall saying in the car uh, it was Tyler McQuarrie qualified it in second so Jeff will be holding on to that car until the end of the race but fuel and tires going on having a little bit of a hang up with the left rear tire and now running around to do the right rear as the air jack was actually in the way of the tire changer, so he just pulled that out. But we are still waiting for Kyle Marcelli and Corey Lewis, and Billy Johnson for that matter, to come in and make their final pit stops. They currently run first, second, and third, but Corey Lewis, 7.7 seconds behind Marcelli. Looks like he's going to try and get up to the leader before he comes in for that last stop. There will be a lot of very, very anxious people in motorsport in action. It's a great group. They are very much very much think of themselves as a family and there's they have steadfastly Jeremy stuck with uh, McLaren uh, wasn't the easiest of births to the relationship with the McLarens in IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge but all the teams who ran McLarens have, have helped they've helped develop the car and all of a sudden within the last few months maybe a little bit further back than that back into last season uh, the car has started to, the uh, the manufacturer has started to find a bit of success here in the States. Well, yeah, finished second in the championship last year, the uh, MIA team with two different drivers, with Corey Fergus and uh, Jesse Lazar. And uh, it's a shame not to see either of those two in the series this season, but, uh, but uh, Corey Lewis uh, is uh, a very, very experienced and and uh, accomplished competitor as well and Sheena Moat clearly has come along in leaps and bounds so they are going to be a finish to be reckoned with. Yeah, I thought it was very interesting what Sheena said about how uh, the Lamborghini racing had helped a great battle across the start finish line and through goes the Mustang and that was uh, Sebastian Priol going ahead of the Bimmer World car as they are battling just outside the top 10 as the pit stop start to happen and Shea you've got the leading Kyle Marcelli Core Motorsport Aston Martin in the pits. 
the core motorsport guys need a perfect stop and they know it as Cal Marcelli fuel and they are doing four tires for this Aston Martin too. Corey Lewis stayed out and continues around the track with a little bit of traffic. But for Kyle Marcelli, it's just focus. It's keep your head down, go out there, and get a win. This has been a difficult track in the past for Marcelli and for Nate Stacy. Nate actually had a big crash in practice a few years ago in their former uh, brand of car, and they wound up coming back for a drive back, but they put a lucky unicorn on the car. Stacy's niece thought it was a good idea. Fuel stop is done. The four tires are on the car and a bit of a slow getaway for Marcelli. But now he needs to put his head down and just get back to the front. Meantime, while it's that VP racing fuels, pit lane report from Shea Adam was going on. The current leader for the Mia, the Motorsport in Action, McLaren, just put the lap on the Multimatic Mustang of Sebastian Prio in 11th position. Now, the leader at the moment is not really the leader when this shakes out because there's still a pit stop to go for that car. Billy Johnson's taking his final pit stop of this race for Winwood Racing out of third position. The core motorsports Aston Martin is back out and running again, but significant that Sebastian Prio has lost the lead lap. He did, didn't make it easy, no, no doubt about that. No, John, that, that car's already made its final pit stop. I wonder whether the MIA McLaren team have missed a trick here because they, he, Corey Lewis lost time on that lap getting past yeah. his two lap cars, which have both already made their final pit stop, and that cost him time. He's now going to bring that car onto pit lane as the race leader, but uh, I think that was probably a mistake not to bring him in on the previous lap, which is when Carl Marcelli brought the Aston Martin in, clear track ahead of him, clear track I think when he went out and I believe that he's able to even extend his lead a bit more over the number 39 Audi which came in one lap before Kyle Marcelli in the Aston Martin so we'll see how this pans out now with the final pit stop of the day they hope for the number three team. Yeah as you say it was the catching of the traffic and putting that lap on Prio that caused the issue and there was a bit of a battle, and rightly so. It's not a problem. This looks fairly standard, and Shea forced four Michelin tyres stop here for the Mia car. Yeah, VP Racing Fuels pit report. The difference with McLaren is they only have one gun to do their tyre changes. The centre locking nut being an advantage for this team over the rest of the teams in the pack who have to use five lug nuts. So the fueling is done. The tires are changed. Away goes Corey Lewis. He's that was a very good stop. He's going to get out. Let's see if he manages to hold on to the lead, though. The Aston Martin coming up the hill as the McLaren is going toward the pit exit at an aggravating 60 kilometers per hour. And Corey Lewis is out of the pit lane, and the Aston Martin is still behind, but Corey's going to have to get up to speed. Well, that Jeremy Shaw was spot on. That, that extra lap could have been even more important than we realised because going down towards turn three, there's nothing between them and the Aston's got the Michelin tyres up to temperature and pressure. So that was an interesting... Corey's got to be smart here, John. Go ahead, Corey Jeremy. He's got to be smart. He, he shouldn't worry. If Carmel said he goes past him, I don't think he should worry too much. He's got fresh set of tyres. They're going to come up to temperature pretty quickly. If the Aston goes past, don't fight him too hard. Don't, don't make a mistake. If he can hang on to the lead, all well and good. But don't make a mistake in this situation. 
Well, both of those cars look very good indeed through turn five. They've got some traffic ahead. It is the uh, one of the Hondas that they are about to put another lap on. And this may be danger time for the leader of the race, Corey Lewis. And that is the actual lead of the race after the final pit stops. Big flash of the lights from the McLaren driver. And here comes the Aston as well as they peel off left-handed at the bottom of Hurry Downs before they go into the carousel. I don't think you can get through there, Corey. He thought about it. A little bit of dirt thrown up by the Honda ahead of them. And it looks to me as though Kyle Marcelli's been very cute indeed and trying to get a better run coming out of the carousel. He dropped away just a little bit and through as he enters the kink, the McLaren and off goes the Honda. Trying to give him a bit of room and that is the danger of course when you're being passed. There was no touch there and the Honda driver doing his best to stay out of the way but got onto the marbles, just turned in maybe a car's length too late into the kink and the little front wheel drive Honda understeering pushing off but has managed to stay out of the wall and now the battle for the lead then comes to the final corner Corey Lewis may have done enough Jeremy Shaw on that lap yeah. to hold on to the lead oh, he makes a mistake through the final corner drops the left hand rear Michelin onto the dirt and here comes the Aston Marcelli smells a little bit of blood there's nothing between them as they go down to turn one. I tell you what, though, Jeremy, I'm with you. If they'd pitted that McLaren a little bit earlier, they'd have had a two or three second lead there. Well, maybe not that much, but certainly would have had a second or two more. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's just that it, it must have been a magnificent in in lap. It was certainly a tremendous outlap by Corey Lewis because uh, before the round of pit stops, he was about four seconds behind and closing quickly. So he's done a really, really good job here as, as Corey Lewis. And I think he's just now got to can, can just be smart, which he certainly was in that outlap. He was a, a really good defensive move down to turn five, leave no opportunity for Carl Marseille to try think about stuff at the Aston Martin down the inside line. And we've seen, have we not already in this race, how fleet that McLaren is on the straight. Yeah. We can see it again there. He pulled out three or four car lengths at least on the straight. He's able to maintain his advantage into turn five. I like the McLaren on the brakes as well at this stage of the race, I've got to say. It looks uh, fairly good. Ian McCarthy, hello, has tweeted uh, at IMSA Radio. He says, the fact that the Cayman and the AMG GT are in the same class, locked in battle, is a wonder of modern sports car racing. It's been non-stop action in both classes today. Absolutely brilliant for the IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge. Glad you've enjoyed it, Ian. And hope you'll stay with us for the rest of the 32 minutes or thereabouts and indeed the rest of the season on IMSA Radio and IMSA TV. That McLaren has just about broken the tour and may just be breaking the hearts of Core Motorsports as it's now got something towards a second of a gap going down the back straight towards Canada corner. The chance here for the Aston, Jeremy, is going to be if there's any traffic about and Kyle Marcelli needs to be there or thereabouts. We've still got a half an hour to go here and yeah. there will be a change in performance in these cars as they burn off their fuel but they will be wearing their tyres there's not that much of a difference between uh, when the cars stopped but obviously the McLaren has slightly better by what a lap it was only I think it was only a lap wasn't it between Marcelli and Lewis yeah 
It's, it was one lap. The, the key now, I think, is going to be tyre uh, conservation. I think the McLaren, certainly in the first step with Sheena Lewis, of course, doesn't have anything like as much experience as Corey Lewis. She clearly, I think, was falling off the pace towards the latter part of her stint. The second stint, though, that, that Corey Lewis just finished, he was running, he was charging hard at the end. So I don't think he's going to have a problem. And I think he's uh, certainly got the legs on the Aston Martin here. He's just got to play it smart, not make any mistakes. And I think the win is in the bag pretty much for the MIA team. And it's going to be well-deserved. But uh, for, for Carl Marcelli, it's been a, a flawless run for that car. But these two, the McLaren and the Aston Martin, they've been very much the class of the field today. Jeremy, I can feel Eric Carob already sitting on the pit box for the Mia McLaren, getting ready to find a baseball bat and find you, because win is in the bag is not words that they want to hear. They were leading <laughs> until the final lap of the race last year at Road America, and if you need to see what happened, go on the Rebel Rider feed to watch that video. It's worth your time. I did check in with Sheena, by the way, about the tire drop-off at the end of her stint. She said, yeah, it was pretty bad, and it was pretty noticeable, but given when they pitted Corey and the length of the stint that he has to do to keep it to the end of the race they feel that he should have a better time managing those Michelin's yeah it's a fair point and they've split that last stint to the end of the race it will be a shorter stint uh, Corey did 18 laps and he's only going to have probably 15 or 16 to do to yeah, check the his flag yeah, it's not going to be massively different, is it? A couple of laps, maybe. No, they, they, they've split the race into into kind of three segments. I like of it. Pretty, pretty equal length, absolutely. I do too. I think that's smart. This, is, this battle heating up, this is for a fifth position now with with Bill, Bill Arbley coming under increasing pressure from Billy Johnson. Uh, after the latest round of pit stops, the number four car came out behind the number 95 to the tune of about four seconds, but Billy Johnson has just closed that back in no time at all, and I think Bill Arbley now is going to be, yeah, he's not going to have any defence at all. There goes the Mercedes down the inside to break it for Canada Corner. Now the question now is how far can... Billy Johnson get up the road and try and put some pressure on Trent Hinman, who is only, what, a couple of seconds or so up the road. And that would be knocking on the door of a top three, although Westphal is another uh, 17 seconds uh, further around Road America in the number 39 championship leading car bomb with Perrigan Audi R8. It'll be a decent points haul for them if they stay where uh, they are. Well, people on the edge of their seats at Mia at Motorsport in Action and also at McLaren Philadelphia as well. Big supporters of IMSA racing, their social media, Michelin and McLaren customer racing at its finest, say McLaren Philadelphia. And Jeremy Shaw has spotted a new fastest lap of the race. Jeremy, what have you yeah. got? A new lap record for our race leader, Corey Lewis. Wow. 2 minutes 16.673. Again, to uh, to, to uh, reiterate, the lap, the lap record set just last year was a 2.18.4. Uh, Robin Liddell in the, in the race winning Chevrolet Camaro. The, fast, the qualifying lap record that was set last year was a, a 2 minutes 16.5 for uh, for Tyler Macquarie in the Audi. We did not beat that uh, that lap record in qualifying, but uh, even in race configuration, Corey Lewis is, uh, well, at least virtually going to match that qualifying time from last year. That's pretty remarkable. Yeah, that is impressive. Uh, we did have a wet qualifying 
uh, wet race last year, which is uh, why that mark had stood. But that is brilliant and beautiful conditions. 23 degrees Celsius in the air and 29 uh, on the track. Or oh, for those of you trackside here who are uh, listening in, uh, I'll do the quick uh, conversion. That's 73 Fahrenheit in the air, 84 uh, on the track. 87.7 around the circuit, RS2, IMSA radio around the world in sound and vision as well. Where available, through comes the leading McLaren. 1.1 seconds, traffic to be factored in here as well. And that is who going a lap down there in the Audi. That must be Brick Casey Jr. in the McCann racing car, that number eight, yes it is going a lap down to the first and second place cars who are picking their way through the TCR runners as well with the KMW Motorsports Alpha also having to give best to both first and second place cars and it looked like Marcelli just got the better of that gone out to almost two seconds as he rounds turn five in fact already halfway up the hill more than that to turn six so Corey Lewis leading then with a new lap record, new best for the race and for this circuit, 216.673. That is Hall in the Mill, but there's 25 minutes left. And we have seen, Jeremy Shaw, have we not, that particularly in the Mission and Pilot Challenge down through the years, that it is not over until the chequered flag is out. <laughs> and there's literally anything could happen uh, at the moment and that's why there will be so many fingernails being sacrificed to the great gods of racing at the moment yeah, that's right just think back to last year and the uh, the comp the uh, compass racing team thought they had the race in the bag with kuno whitmer leading on the uh, the run up to the line and then in his elation he hit the radio button to uh, to shout to the team unfortunately he didn't hit the radio button in actual fact he hit the pit lead pit lane speed limiter so the car suddenly slowed and robin liddell uh, an unbelieving robin liddell went through to win the race so yes anything can happen and carl marcelli is hanging in there and he's losing a little bit of ground to the mclaren but he's doing a super job in an aston martin in second place and with still 24 minutes remaining there is plenty of time for anything else to unfold in this race as well just looking at jeff westfall he's running now in a pretty uh, pretty conservative third position he's all on his own now well clear of trent hinman and trent hinman has been closed on very rapidly by billy johnson who's pulled a two two point deficit of over two seconds to next oh. to nothing in just a couple of laps yeah so uh, that, that's uh, far from over. In in TCR, Gabby Chavez leads the class still for the Barnard Autosport team, kind of a 33 ahead of his teammate Parker Chase. But uh, Parker Chase is, is hanging with him. In actual fact, he's only about four seconds or so behind him. I, I think Robert Liddell share Adam was fourth as he was he sixth when he started the he last was, lap yet, yet last year. He was down in sixth position he passed one car in the first uh, basically the first sector of the lap he got up to third no fourth place out of the carousel he was in second place coming out of Canada corner 
and then he was in first place crossing the finish line. It was that close for Rotman. Yeah, just underlining what Jeremy and I were seeing. And here is that battle. We said anything can happen just outside the podium spot at turn five at the moment. The bright yellow vault came and Trent Hinman struggling just a, a little bit. Looks like he hasn't quite got the car under him that he had earlier on through six and towards seven and right behind him now is Billy Johnson so this is back on again we saw it earlier uh, in this Michelin Pilot Challenge race down the inside at the bottom of Hurry Downs no I don't think so through the left-hander before sweeping almost turning right forever at that point through the carousel and just balancing the car Looks like the Cayman struggling for a bit of rear grip there, Jeremy. And Billy Johnson looks very menacing indeed. Well, the car does. Billy Johnson, we can barely see. He's hunkered down. If he could make himself smaller behind the wheel to find half a mile an hour, he would do that as well. Now coming down towards Canada Corner. And I know that the AMG is a lot bigger than the Cayman, but you literally cannot see it. It is so close in behind. This is super driving and concentration. Trent Hinman takes a huge amount of pace through the centre of Canada Corner and there's a touch and I think it's broken the steering on the vault car side by side as they came out of Canada Corner towards the next left-hander where the bridge used to be. It was the lightest of touches but the cars are loaded up there. There was an uncertain and inevitability about that. Oh my goodness me. Is there a problem? It's taken the door mirror push the door mirror in no it looks like that was just the wheel that was ripped out of Trent Hinman's hand then that threw that and through goes Billy Johnson that will be looked at race control have looked at it reviewed no action race control are on fire today not messing about with anything they've made a quick decision with 21 minutes still to go so now Billy Johnson released from that particular issue which was the came in ahead of him he's got 15 call it 16 seconds to make up to get on the podium and frankly the pace that car's got at the moment i wouldn't put it past him jeremy shaw that incident very close contact a very close quarters action indeed from those two it was indeed uh, i certainly don't think uh, billy johnson i don't think either of those two did kind of anything wrong uh, Billy Johnson certainly seemed to hold his line there going up towards the, the next corner which is a left-hander he didn't have to move across to the right there Trent Hinman uh, clearly decided that, uh, that Billy Johnson should be moving further to the right so he tried to do the same and kind of crowd him out a little bit and unfortunately it was Trent Hinman that came off worse there I don't think I don't think there's any I think that I completely agree with race control racing incident yeah they've given each other enough room through the exit of yeah. Canada corner is coming together didn't seem to be any intent from either of those drivers and we've said this before as well oh and Billy Johnson slides off through the kink lost rear end grip massive slide there he did not even lift off the throttle at that point it's barely even slowed him down he'll have to watch with dirt on the tires down towards Canada corner he's looking for a podium sometimes the no call is the right call from race control and that was one of those uh, times there but billy johnson what a save jeremy what
what a save. That would have been a monumental accident. In fact, we've seen cars upside down at that part of the circuit before doing exactly the same thing. Remarkable reflexes from Johnson. Yeah, I mean, it's just total commitment going into the corner there. The car just slides a bit on the exit, and uh, that's uh, you, you can't you do it completely. Take your hands off the steering wheel there, but you certainly don't want to do anything too dramatic with the steering wheel when the car is out of shape like that. You just got to kind of hope it comes back into line. Uh, Billy Johnson, as we talked about earlier on, the most successful driver in this series, or equal most successful with Matt Plum. But uh, Matt Plum had, uh, they both got 23 wins, but Billy Johnson has the most podium finishes. He's looking for number 50, but he's, the bad news is he's about 16 seconds behind the third place car at the moment. But for this, uh, for this team, it would be another strong run for the number four car. They're already running equal second in the championship with 58 points coming into this weekend. So another strong finish is exactly what they need. He barely dropped any time on that lap at all. Uh, and, and I've got to tell you, Jeremy, I don't think he was out of control there. I think you used the right word. He was totally committed. The car was sliding, and he was, what, three feet maybe, if that, too far off with the left-hand uh, re left Michelins. And he just, he just controlled it. He knew it was coming back. He knew there'd be grip on the grass. How he knew that, I don't know. But he just kept it going. It was an extraordinary thing to see. It wasn't... I thought he'd lost grip on the rear much earlier, but it was a flat four-wheel drift right through the kink. Extraordinary thing to see. That's confidence for you. I mean, Billy Johnson, a hugely experienced driver, really great driver. I mean, underrated, in, in my opinion, in many people's eyes. You know, Ford uh, performance took him, took, uh, took him under their wing quite a long time, gave him all sorts of opportunities in all sorts of different cars, including, of course, in the World Endurance Championship for, for the, in the Ford GTs. Let's have another look at it again. Oh, yeah, I tiny mean, little kiss. Billy Johnson certainly, he, he, he made sure that Trent Hinman was the one whose line into that next corner was going to be compromised by just squeezing him into the middle of the racetrack because you want to be over to the right-hand side of the course there. So, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was forceful driving. I don't think uh, I would apportion any blame, however. No. I did notice that uh, on the lap after the big slide, Jeremy, that uh, there was a little more uh, gap between the left-hand Michelins and the edge of the track uh, on the exit of the kink the next time around. <laughs> Funny yeah, that. Yeah, uh, perhaps, uh, right, okay, I can't quite take that flat out in whatever I was. And, I just need a slight lift at this stage. 16 and a half minutes to go and still battles with Sebastian Prio and Spencer Pompelli, who seemingly have been together since they jumped in the car some laps ago. Ninth and tenth position for those guys. And into the pit lane uh, is the LA Honda World Civic. This is the number 73 car. Uh, John. I think oh, is it? it's Sorry. John Morley. Excuse me, you're right. Uh, that the, that is that they're, they're both in. Have, has there been a coming together here? John Morley. Looks like maybe suspension damage for that number 61 Audi. This is the car that won the first race of the season, and they were running fairly close together, the 73 and the 61. But John Morley and uh, Gavin Ernstone having a difficult weekend after qualifying further down the grid than they would have liked back in the ninth position. Matt Pombo also into the pit lane, as you rightly said, and. The LA Honda World just can't seem to shake their demons with all three of their cars right now not out on the track. 
Yeah, it's not been a good run for those guys. Thank you, Shane, with that VP Racing Fuels pit report. Well, what else have we got? What else have we got? Because you know that this is not over. Starting to cloud over again now, but nothing on the weather radar to get too worried about. At the front of the field, the Mia Motorsport in actions, McLaren, Corey Lewis having taken over from Sheena Monk who did a great job in qualifying, qualified on the second row, promoted herself to second place by the turn into the first corner with an absolutely demon piece of driving and Corey Lewis has taken over after the first pit stop, he's now got nearly four seconds of a gap between himself and Carl Morselli for Core Motorsports in second place that led with Nate Stacey behind the wheel for so much of the early part of the race. Then there's 21 seconds back to Jeff Westfall in the Audi, the championship leading 39 car barn with Peregrine as through goes, oh no, pit, pits for Billy Johnson. Billy Johnson is in the pit lane from fourth position for Winwood Racing. Now this is interesting. Surely this can't be for fuel, Jeremy. He should have been able to go from the last stop let me uh, just, just absolutely check that he hasn't been out that long oh, yeah. has he no no it's not for fuel no he's only been out for 10 laps yeah so we just saw there the number 35 car that's dylan murray who's uh, taken over from, from jim cox and he has just snuck past bill oblin so as uh, as bill uh, told shay earlier on he wasn't uh, wasn't too optimistic oh, about this race no no so it's guys sorry it was a drive-through it was a drive-through, so the race control channel uh, gave uh, us a little bit of a wrong steer. Uh, I've got consecutive mem uh, messages that says, at 24 minutes and 9 seconds past the hour, car 7 spun and continued. At 26 seconds past 24 minutes past the hour, reviewed no action. At 35 seconds past 24 minutes, past the hour under review and then at 26 minutes 38 incident responsibility to car four drive through okay so well, the mm. reason for that john is because uh, billy johnson didn't move to what he should have done going into turn 13. we talked about it ourselves we we thought it was kind of okay and we said it was a little bit it was certainly a bit marginal i mean billy johnson left not only did he not leave any room he didn't he didn't force trent him off the racetrack but he did prevent Trent Hinman from taking the, the, the normal line, which would be, since they were alongside each other, would be one car width from the outside of the corner. So, yeah, it was a, it was a yeah, fairly harsh call there, I think, on, on Billy Johnson. But uh, that is the reason for that. He did not he did not give Trent Hinman as much room as Trent Hinman deserved at that point in the racetrack. I think that is why the, the decision was made. I'd quite like to see that again because it looked to me as if Johnson was slightly ahead uh, and he'd got, he, a, he he got, was, a, got a better, he, better run out of, out of Canada corner and yeah. therefore at that point, you know, the, the line is his and it's Trent that's then got to give way, surely. That, that's why I, I, I would have said no call earlier on but I'm sure that's what uh, they've decided because at that point normal line for Billy Jones would be to move out to the right-hand side of the racetrack, give himself a better run through turn 13, but of True. course, by narrowing the line of Trent Hidman, then he's going to give Billy more an advantage. As you say, he's the one who has the track position at that stage. You one would have thought it would be uh, in his favour, but uh, race control did not d decided that was not the case. I'm just checking both of my race control channels, and they are both the same. 
So apologies for giving you that original no call, uh, no action. But that was uh, as reported on the official timing and scoring. Uh, and then that was rev reviewed, either reviewed again or that message. didn't say it was withdrawn. It was just reviewed and then the second call was made. So apologies for that. Only working on information received. 11 minutes to go. That takes Billy Johnson well out of it. He's dropped right down to fourth position. What a day it's been for Windward Racing's number four. Down to 14. Back up into the top six. Battling potentially maybe outside chance of a podium. Now back down to eighth. And just a couple of seconds ahead of Sebastian Prio and Spencer Pompelli, who are still battling for ninth and tenth position. The other windward car, which uh, Bryce Ward had uh, well up inside the top ten, sitting in 13th at the moment with Alex Adele uh, ahead of Chase Briscoe. Alex actually just closing in on the BMW of Bimmer World, both the BMWs of Bimmer World uh, and line astern on the timing and scoring, but about 20 seconds between them. 82 from 80. Front of the field, five seconds the gap, Jeremy. Corey Lewis has settled into a rather nice rhythm at about mid-217s. Everybody yeah. else, 218s and beyond. That's very, very impressive, and the lead's just starting to stretch out again. Yeah, absolutely fantastic consistency from Corey Lewis. Each of his last uh, eight, ten laps have been within a tenth or two of a second. That's pretty remarkable at this stage in a race on a four-mile racetrack. Uh, and that is why he has gradually extended that lead now to over five seconds from Carl Marcelli, who's doing a similarly good job, by the way, in terms of the consistency and driving in that second position. But clearly, the uh, McLaren is the car they have today, and Corey Lewis is doing exactly what uh, he would you expect him to do with it and that's put in a masterful drive at the front of the field after a tremendous opening stint from Sheena Monk. Jeff Westfall, he's just settling into third place now. He's just a, a kind of a Saturday cruise for him because <laughs> there's no there's no way he can catch the two ahead of him. He's under no pressure behind uh, just losing Jeremy there for a moment uh, we'll get back to him in just a sec Bill Oberlin he was mentioning there the 95 turn of BMW just three seconds behind fourth position at the moment and eight, uh, 5.8 seconds ahead of Trent Hinman that's uh, and Jeremy is uh, back with us now the vagaries of our uh, internet connection eight and a half minutes to go jeremy tcr once again brian hurt at autosport the hyundai velosters five seconds between first and second a little bit further back around about 30 seconds uh, a wee bit more actually back to mark wilkins but once again they are going to sweep the podium by the look of it and once again it's the alfa romeo that is the best of the rest yeah it's been a super run for for the alfa uh, it's it looks like uh, at the moment headed for fourth position but it's been a really good run for Ryan Block, who started that car, particularly for Tim Lewis Jr., who took over at the wheel of that, at that uh, number five car at the pit stops. And he is running along quite beautifully in the fourth position. But once again, the Hyundai is very much the class of the field here in terms of pace, despite the fact they were pegged back a little bit since the last round at Sebring. What a programme it has been for Brian Hurd at Autosport, who took the platform of the I-30N and turned it into the Veloster 
the oddity of having two doors on one side, one door on the other, plus the hatchback makes it legal. You've got to have four or five doors stroke hatch for TCR regulations. And it has worked very, very well indeed. Customer cars out there as well now and racing not just here in IMSA but around the world. And Hyundai making waves in World Rally as well, of course, and also looking to develop another touring car uh, on the Elantra, which uh, looks very similar to me to the i30N hatchback. So keep an eye for, out for that in the coming months. But it has been a very, very successful programme. At the front of the field, Corey Lewis pacing himself. Still in the 17, 17-4, 17-5, 17-8 the last few laps as he comes round. Actually, uh, to put another lap onto Gabby Chavez, who is... Put a lap on Gabby put, Chavez. Put a lap. Yes, you're right, Jeremy. Yes, you're right. So that has been a very, very speedy run, hasn't it? They went to the full hour uh, before they did their one and only pit stop. And even on a very fast, wide open circuit like here at uh, Road America, Jeremy, with no intervention from the safety car, the lead TCR car now and only now with five and a half minutes to go falls off the overall lead lap. Very impressed yeah, with the pace. It's, it's very impressive. It's been a really good run uh, by these two. I think yeah, they were very, very sensible in in qualifying. Ryan Lewis, uh, Ryan Norman, excuse me, did a super job in qualifying. Just, just did what he had to do. Just turn a lap. It doesn't really matter how fast it is. They've got to they've got to do car for the race. And that's exactly the way it's panned out for this brand new order sport with Kerbang and Journey and team. Yeah, they've taken that uh, program and really moved the ball down the field, haven't they? What can we say about motorsport in action, Mia? And what they've achieved in the last couple of seasons in IMSA competition. Great supporters of IMSA. The green and white McLaren then. Not a usual McLaren colour scheme. Being tracked now by that red and white Hyundai N. N, the performance brand for Hyundai around the world and various versions more sporty versions of their very very well engineered cars with the now the N moniker that means it is the sportier versions including some oof that was the leader kicking up dust there going through the kink more sporty versions including I'm, I'm led to believe some of the SUVs will be getting the end treatment as well here comes the second place Core Motorsports Aston Martin and again we'll have to find the right spot to pass that little red Veloster through the final corner take your time Kyle cut the lead down to just under five seconds Shea Adam with news from the pit lane this is the, normally the time when, I, when you can walk down the pit lane that I start asking 
who is looking worried, who is looking carefree, and who won't look you in the eye in terms of fuel. What can you tell us in this VP Racing Fuel Pit update? don't have to be on the pit to be able to tell you that the Mia crew is not looking at anything. They're not uh, thinking about anything, and if we mention anything about them, they'll find us. Um, but in terms of the TCR category, we have Hyundai's 1, 2, and 3. The ones that are in 1 and 2 are close on fuel. They think they're good to go to the end, but Gabi Chavez and Parker Chase in the 33 and 29, respectively, they're slightly nervous on those two pit walls. When it comes to the 21 of Mark Wilkins, he is good to go to the end of the race. They've told him that he can do whatever he wants, but the two sister cars, well, they're the ones that cause for concern. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Uh, and what was the difference in when they pitted? I, I didn't one think... And Just the, one the, lap. The number, the number 33 car came in one lap before the number 29. Uh, and they were among the, the early cars. Oh, yeah, you're right. Just, just, it was just over an hour to go in the race. It was 64 minutes to go when the number 33 car came in. A couple of minutes later, one lap later, is when, when the number 29 car came in to make its... Uh, and Mark Wilkins was one lap behind that as well. Uh, so they, they've all got a lap between them. Yeah, very good. The 33 did 24 laps on its first. It's already on its 26th at the moment so I can understand why there's uh, a little bit of concern and it will be white flag this time by for the motorsports in action yep. McLaren as they come through so having just dropped off the lead lap might not have been the worst thing for the leaders in TCR at least they'll have four miles fewer to do up the hill then for the penultimate time and the number 65 AMG ahead of the leading McLaren and that was uh, Tim Probert for Murillo Racing just about to get lapped by Corey Lewis doesn't really need to Corey at the moment he might just slide down into turn number three oh and that is the number four AMG what a day they've had. Billy Johnson with the front end missing from that car. He's been pushing so hard. We know how hard he was shaping up to try and get somewhere close to the podium. The front end completely ripped off the left rear with a big dent in it as well. And he followed off the... Oh, my goodness, that's a huge, huge impact coming out of the carousel. Followed off the uh, number 56 car of Eric Voss who came off the circuit coming out of the carousel through a whole load of dust now i wonder if he'd put something on uh no, no it's not it's down to, five. down to yeah. turn five through turn four to turn five my apologies well that was a very odd i wonder if there's something on the circuit there jeremy that caused that so that was coming i guess it was coming out of turn three then wasn't it it, it was coming out yeah it's coming out of turn three and, and that means we're going to finish under caution that is an extraordinary accident. My apologies. I saw the pace and the tightish left. Ah, it's it's coming out of seven. It was coming out of seven, Jeremy. We'll get it right eventually. Oh, yeah. Okay. It, it's coming out of seven. And no, no, it's all right. Uh, it, 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 it was such a violent accident that I thought it could only be coming out of the carousel uh, with that uh, turn. Some applause from the crowd nearby at 
hurry downs to see Billy Johnson step out of that. It was Eric Voss who went off the circuit coming out of turn number seven, kicked up a whole load of dust. And then Billy Johnson went off and even further. And as he was coming back on, it looked like he caught the curb as he was coming back onto the circuit and that pitched the car into a violent move to the right and hit the unprotected concrete there very hard indeed and that's ripped the front end from asunder from that car. So we will finish under yellow flag and Corey Lewis, we can see this now because they cannot be passed. Corey Lewis will finish what Sheena Monk started in qualifying then continued with a brilliant drive from Sheena in the opening stint, particularly in the rough and tumble of the opening stint of the race. And Motorsports in action. And McLaren with the 570S GT4 will win. And very slowly crosses the line now and do win the Michelin Pilot Challenge at the Road America 120. MIA are winners, what a result, what a run, perfectly judged with their pit stop, it looked like they might have gone a lap longer, they may have made that slightly more difficult for Corey than it needed to be, but they will take the victory and the maximum points here. It will be a 1-2-3 for Brian Herder Autosport and their Hyundai Veloster NTCRs. 33 from 29 from 21. And that is another dominant performance from Brian Herder Autosport in a race that went full green, full 120 minutes, two hours of action from start to finish. It was yellow at the end, but let's be honest, we were on the last lap when that came out. And that is where we see all of the relative performance of the car. Jeremy Shaw, another absolute belter. Yeah, it was. It was a shame we finished under yellow. And uh, it's good good to know that Billy's OK, because that was a really scary accident there. But a great performance by the uh, Most Sports in Action team. Uh, and uh, Corey Lewis and Sheena Monk, well-deserved victory for them. They had a, a supercar and they made absolutely most of it. Uh, in TCR, once again, the uh, run herd Autosport Hyundais were uh, a class of field. And uh, we'll have to wait and see whether whether they, they were good to go there. If they could have made it around, they have made it around the last lap. But they timed that absolutely perfectly. They came in just before half distance, which I thought was going to be fairly marginal. But with the extra, uh, the pace lap at the start of the race, they timed that absolutely perfectly. They've done a great job once again to come away with a 1-2-3 uh, finish, actually, in the TCR class and the Alpha in fourth. Jeremy, very quickly, will be uh, working out the points situation as the clean-up goes on uh, on the middle of Hurry Downs out of turn seven. It really has. That was a huge, huge incident. I do think that that is the joint best oh Corey Lewis what a start even as he's celebrating he's letting the guys behind him know that there was debris on the track and that he was pulling off the circuit to go uh, around it uh, Cher, I think that's the joint best result for the Alpha I think they've had a fourth position before haven't they Best finish came at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca last year of just one spot off the podium. So they're still looking for that first trophy. But you want to talk about finishes for the year, John? This is Corey Lewis's, what, fourth race of the year? Second race win, the other one being the 24 Hours of Daytona. 
Yeah, he knows when to pull out the stops. And with Sheena Monk, they've clearly built a very decent partnership very quickly indeed, making sure he gets lots of pickup on the Michelin tyres and heads to post-race inspection, post-race tech. So results are provisional at the moment, but let me give you what we have. Motorsport in action. Corey Lewis and Sheena Monk lead and win. The number three, MIA, Mia car, excuse me, uh, wins uh, under yellow on the last lap from Core Motorsports, who led the first part of the race with Nate Stacey. Carl Marcelli brings home the Aston Martin Vantage in second, and making three different manufacturers on the podium. Jeff Westfall with Carbon by Peregrine, uh, and the championship leader coming in this weekend, the Audi in third. Mercedes for Riley Motorsports in fourth. BMW for Turner Motorsports in fifth. Porsche making its six manufacturers in the top six for Archangel Motorsports. Jeremy Shaw has the points. Yeah, and it's uh, it's uh, it's tightened up in the overall GS division. Tyler McQuarrie and Jeff Westall came in here with a five-point advantage over Nate Stacey and Carl Marcelli. Well, they finished in uh, in uh, third and second, respectively. So that gap now is down to just three points between Tyler McQuarrie and Jeff Westall, who will lead on 93. Nate Stacey and Carl Marcelli second on 90. Uh, third position now will be Jim Cox and Dylan Murray. They will move up into the third position on 85 points. In the Manufacturers' Championship, uh, Audi had a four-point advantage over Mercedes, who were one point ahead of Aston Martin. So Audi will maintain the advantage on 97. Uh, Mercedes, or Aston Martin will now have 94, and Mercedes 91 third position in the Manufacturers' Championship in GS. As far as TCR is concerned, uh, it'll be Hyundai that are leading that, I reckon, Jeremy. I don't think we need to do the addition for that, do we? Well, yeah, they're, they're actually in the Manufacturers' Championship, they were tied with Audi coming in uh, this weekend, but yes, this win will move them ahead uh, for good, for, for after this round. In the overall Drivers' Championship, Harry Gottsacker and Mark Wilkins with a third place finish today. Uh, they, they were tied with Mason Philippi and Michael Lewis, but the problem for the uh, number... 98 car early on. That'll give uh, Harry Gottsacker and Mark Wilkins a pretty uh, stout advantage now uh, on 90 points. I think up into second place will be today's race winners Ryan Norman and Gabby Chavez. They came into the day seventh in points and will now be just five behind in second place heading on to our next round. Do you know, I'm just thinking, I wonder if something broke on the front of that Billy Johnson car as a result of the little side-by-side -side, uh, incident with uh, Trent Hinman. Uh, earlier on and it well, that was exacerbated when he came back on from the dirt at turn seven and just something gave way well Gabby Chavez about to get out of the Veloster N the Hyundai bright red Hyundai number 33 taking the victory what a day again for Brian Herner Autosport that program they've made it their own they uh, won the championship a manufacturer's championship with the i30N before they came to IMSA and then the Veloster built onto the same platform with mostly the same pickup points and things like that one or two bits and pieces of engineering that had to be done uh, Brian remember talking to Brian about it at uh, Sebring when the car was announced and he kind of played down how much work was involved in it but it's clearly not as simple as just bolting a new set of panels on that's not how it works with monocoque cars 
at all. But they have made that their own and they've sold cars to customers as well. Into victory lane for Mia. Motorsport in action for Sheena Monk and Corey Lewis. All of the hard work has paid off. A brilliant qualifying from Sheena Monk, who's there straight away to congratulate her teammates. She put her stint in at the start and did what needed to be done, Jeremy Shaw. In qualifying, let's not forget, she could only be at the sharp end of the field because of the performance that she put in in the qualifying and then backed that up with an immaculate first stint, particularly in the opening laps. Yeah, absolutely perfect drive by these uh, two. Uh, for Sheena Monk here, particularly with so little experience in racing in general, that was a very, very impressive job that she did. Uh, and exactly what was required of her, bring the car home in a, bring the car back to the pit lane in good condition, in as good a position as you possibly can. And that's exactly what she did. And Corey Lewis, with all his experience, was able to go on from there. Of course, this is the first win in the Michelin Pilot for Sheena Monkey, just her third start. And it's only the second win in 37th starts for Corey Lewis, but a great effort and a tremendous team performance. Final thoughts from our VP Racing's Pit and Paddock correspondent, uh, Shea Adam. That's a couple of great stories, and particularly at the sharp end of the field. I, I think, you know what, Motorsport in Action are one of the popular teams among the other uh, competitors. They have a lot of respect. I, I think that would be a popular victory, Shea. Very much so, and especially considering that they didn't have the start to the year that they were hoping for running with a different team at Daytona, and then Motorsport in Action coming back to the series at Sebring. This is only their second race back since last year, so this is a fantastic way for everybody to celebrate, and nobody is going to begrudge Sheena Monk and Corey Lewis that race win, or Motorsport in Action, particularly given what happened last year. I think the only other popular victory would possibly be Compass and they've moved up to WeatherTech they'll be racing tomorrow to try and get a little bit of redemption there yes that's only the first of two race days for us Super Saturday has come to a fantastic end plenty of drama action and excitement all the way through the Michelin pilot challenge and tomorrow uh, join us uh, live from road america either trackside or further afield when we have the second uh, porsche challenge race and of course the weathertech sports car championship uh, our thanks to our colleagues at charlotte thank you to keith uh, to jake to alex uh, and of course uh, to our london-based team for our radio broadcast, that was Curry, uh, Curry Cobb today. Thanks, Kes, for everything. Shea and Jeremy joined me, John Hindoff, in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. Still listening on 87.7. The podium ceremonies are next for those of you trackside at Road America. Drive safely on the way home and come back to America's National Park of Speed on Sunday for two more races. From all of us here at IMSA Radio, thank you for joining us and bye for now. This programme is a production of IMSA and Radio Show Limited. For more, visit RadioLeMond.com.